0: Welcome to Rewind Reviews the podcast where myself and my my good buddy Chris watch movies from our youth sometimes we're choosing a movie one of us hasn't seen one of us has um or we're choosing like a film that we saw when we were young and we're hoping will maybe you know will or won't have aged well um yeah it's, it's 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 basically nostalgic movies for us generally speaking a lot of movies from the 80s and 90s based you know based on the year we were born I guess um this week um I had the uh the option to choose, and I chose. Um, was it 1995? is it 1995? Like no, 1995 was last week. That was Rent a Kid. No, no, 97, 97, Starship Troopers. Um, so we're doing that. We're doing Starship Troopers. Now I'm a big fan of this movie. Uh, massive, massive fan of this movie. And I've been very excited to show Chris this film for a long time. Um, I think I did the right thing though in showing Chris RoboCop first because we did RoboCop a couple seasons ago on this because I feel like RoboCop really does set you up for what this movie is <laughs> in many ways. Mm. Um mm. but uh yeah. Uh, how how you how you feeling <laughs> having nothing. Well, let's
1: well, let's, do, let's do let's do history first cuz I got I got none. I got no history with this movie. I didn't I didn't see it. I wasn't particularly aware of it by kind of osmosis. I've I've heard it referenced um, right. <laughs> like, you know, I knew I knew it was a movie. Um but you know i had no touch point for it um so what you know you're obviously not the case for you so what was your what's your history
0: oh uh, so this is one of those movies that i got to see and i probably shouldn't have seen um so what's it, 97 so i'm i'm 10 when the movie comes out so i'm probably 11 or 12 when it gets onto like vhs uh, and and probably if mem- if memory serves with this one i feel like this was one of the movies that um I got because uh, an unspecified relative had was one of the only relatives had had sky and access to cable t v but it was an illegal connection <laughs> that's why I'm unspecifying the relative. <laughs> They've been like hooked oh, up wow. to the grid with a, with illegal cable. <laughs>
1: And you don't really hear of that happening. In, I know that was a big thing in America. Like, and I remember like a Simpsons yes. episode, all about right. that and stuff. Yeah, which, which hit home
0: really hard for me because I was like, "Oh yeah, I did have a relative that had illegal cable." Yeah, they they, they that got it. A... I didn't. You just didn't hear of
1: that happening much in the UK.
0: No, I don't think it was very common. I, I only know of one person who ever did it. So, but they had a they had a special line into the house in a box. That they they gave a guy, you know. I don't know they they laid they put a certain amount of money into like one <laughs> one electrician or TV repair man's hands and he sorted it out. But basically um the way the way it worked was the movie channel which you'd normally have to pay for access to was just on all the time for free. So they right. would you know, record movies from it, and I feel like rather than this being one I got to see through um, my uh, through my nan, who I've said on this podcast in the past, you know, she worked at a video, a video shop called Ava Video, mm. which you know, that's just that's just objectively a great name for a video store in the north of England. Um, and wait, what was it called? Sorry, I missed that. Ava Video. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A V A V V A, Ava. You know, that's a video. Fantastic. So yeah, it's really good.
1: (laughs) Um, It would only be better if her name was Ava. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah. It wasn't sadly, but that would be good. (laughs) Um, So uh, you know, I used to get videos uh, through her because she'd get preview copies of the movies prior to them being put on on VHS because they would send a copy to try and convince the staff at the the, 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 the 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 store to to get to buy lots of copies of it to put on their shelves because it'd be a big hit so they would sometimes send out preview copies with like watermarks on and stuff um, uh, this wasn't one of the ones I saw that way this is one of the ones that my uh, that my unspecified relative taped with a bunch of just random they basically just taped a bunch of movies and handed them over with no real attempt to police what the movies were um, and very similar to uh, Paul Verhoeven's other movie RoboCop. Where my parents took one look at it and went, "Yeah, it's a stupid Robot Cop." Right, right. This is clearly like a kids' movie, and then didn't know what the movie contained. I think a similar thing might have happened with Starship Troopers. Um, I think I was I was obviously older when I saw Starship Troopers than RoboCop. I saw RoboCop very young. I did not know it was the same director. I found that out years later because I was a kid. I was just what you know, I, I wasn't paying attention to the names of writers and directors and stuff in the in the early days. And uh, when I finally figured out they were the same director, I was like, "Wow, it's." So clear, but um, when I watched it the first time, it, it absolutely blew me away. I thought it was like I, I, for the wrong reasons. I think you know, young Dan enjoyed it for the the insane action, the cool special effects. You know, um, quite gritty for for a, for a science fiction movie, which which were traditionally a little bit more sort of Star Wars like, family friendly. You know, to see something that was science fiction, but also like. Um, as gory as this and as brutal as this, when a movie like this would normally have been made a little bit like i said not not completely family friendly necessarily, but certainly would have had less of an edge to it um i would yeah, I really enjoyed this film it it was a uh, an absolute classic for me, and I watched it a ton a ton of times. And it was only, and I think this, I think a lot of people our age have had this experience of this movie. Watching it young, being like, "Oh, what a badass movie!" Then watching it as an adult and being like, "Oh, this is a satire of fascism." Oh, okay, <laughs> um, like realizing that this isn't just a movie about um, uh, war, but is a movie satir- satirizing war, and specifically also satirizing the kind of propaganda that f- American movies often do where you know like the Michael Bay Transformers movies where the military give him a bunch of equipment so that the movie can have all this military equipment for for basically no cost but at the at the expense of hey maybe make the military look good in this movie um mm. you, you know when you, when you think about that sort of uh, propaganda that Hollywood actually does by mythologizing war movies you know by mythologizing those who do for their country or whatever, and they actually all ends up becoming, you know, like real, like propaganda of a sort. So this movie is amazing because what I think what happens with this movie is you enjoy it on a really sort of surface level as a, as a younger person. And then when you rewatch it as an adult, um, you, you, you see the other side of it and go, this movie is even cleverer than I appreciated at the time and um so for me this is an absolute this remains a masterpiece watched a ton as a kid and watched it a ton as an adult i go back to this movie all the time i absolutely love it Um, i refuse to watch the straight to dvd sequels Uh, for anyone who's wondering um there's five of them now or six of them I, i won't watch them i can't i can't do it um i i the movie is very precious to me and it's it's satirical edge is in un- is absolutely undoubtedly lost in the sequels. Um, I, 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 there's no way that's in the sequels. So they, the, yeah, I can't, I can't do it. Um, Fair yeah, there, there was an animated series when I was a kid that I did watch, which is hilarious considering this movie absolutely shouldn't be watched by kids. But there was an animated series. Do any I, does Casper
1: Van? Does Casper Van Damme come back for any of the sequels or anything like that?
0: Um, yeah, I think all I think all the casts find their way back into the sequels. Um, even they even find a way apparently to weave uh, Dina Meyer back in, who played uh, Dizzy in this movie, um, into one of them, where like it's like a voice recording or a video recording of her. Um, oh, no, they not just have the character take a bath and
1: inexplicably return from the dead? No. Ah, uh, okay. That's a shame because they've they've embedded that into the world. They could have done. <laughs> it's
0: true. It's really true. <laughs> um, although in the movie they kind of ex- they kind of express they can only really do that with like they don't they don't do that with many people like that cause he was specifically chosen to be. Re- 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I I, but yeah, it, it is crazy she wasn't done. That. But I guess was she left on the planet's surface? Like, was she physically left? That could be the problem. No,
1: she was um, she was given a funeral. She was jetted she- jetted off into space in a
0: in a cheap oh, looking. That's yeah, you're right. They they certainly <laughs> in search, they, a cheap they, they, looking they, wooden coffin. <laughs> they rather can her. She gets yeah, she got a funeral, and they and then they were like <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> talk about the funeral detail, burial detail. That made me lol, lol really like quite hard because like Dizzy, it's like really dramatic like Dizzy's death, which hits quite hard. She's a popular character, and then it's like. Um burial detail, you yeah, know, dismissed. And it's like, wait, there's a burial detail? Like <laughs> you've got a burial division of you in your army? Um, but yeah, anyway. Um so yeah, so I, I refuse to watch the sequels if anyone asks. So that's my that's my background with the movie. Um in terms of would I recommend this movie? Um I know we don't normally get to that so early, but I've already made it very clear. I absolutely would. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, and knowing Chris that you don't have any history with the movie, and knowing that you first watched it either this morning or yesterday. Um, how are you feeling? I'm uh, so, like,
1: almost uh, conflicted watching it. Not about whether I was having a good time, because I was having a great time. Like, it felt like, it felt like I was watching, it, it felt like I should have had Troy in our bed next to me. Do you know what I mean? It felt like I was watching one of the movies they watch and sort of joke about like, in like community. Kick, like <laughs> Kick Puncher. <laughs> yeah, it felt like I was watching one of those movies. It yeah. felt like I was... I've never seen the show, so this it might not be the exact type of movie they do, but it felt like I was in Mystery Science Theatre 3000. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, this yeah. is fucking crazy. Like, so... It, and and so I had a great time watching it, I had a really great time watching it. Um, I really, really enjoyed it, and I, I, I would also recommend it because I think the movie just more than anything needs to be seen to be believed. Like, and it's such a, it's such an assault to the senses when you watch it the first time. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, you don't yeah. know any of that's coming. Like, I've yeah. had such a growth because, you know, there are points where I'm like. This is not a good, and this is you know this wasn't wasn't where I landed, but you know there are points where I'm like this is not a good movie. Like like a guy gets his head blown off, and as they zoom out, they're like, "Take no captain, no team leader for you, Rico." I'm like, "What? Like, dude's head's been blown off." Like right, um, but. The reason I'm then, thank you, sorry, Jess just brought me in a drink. The reason I'm I'm kind of conflicted um, by the whole thing is because I and I imagine I've not looked this up, but I imagine over time the dialogue has changed about this movie because I'm watching it going, it is it is incredibly bold and brave, like you know what they do with the propaganda angle, what they do with, and how modern a lot of its points feel, like. <coughs> Like we 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 mock we we spoof, GB News and Fox News in this in this yeah. movie, and those things weren't particularly. I don't I don't know the history of Fox News. It might have been around in '97, but it's not. You know, it's making a point about those things now, <laughs> in this 1997 <laughs> movie, and I'm just watching it like flabbergasted by that and going, mm-hmm. well, I can't. I can't I, I you know I I can't deny how effective that is. I can't deny how inventive some of the visuals are and 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 I can't like I said I can't deny that I I had an amazing time watching it but uh, but the reason I'm I'm also incredibly conflicted is because I don't know how much all of that stuff makes up for you know the the character issues in this movie. I you know lack of there's a lot of plot there's a lot of plot and not a lot of time given to you know what these characters are 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 feeling you know like i said rico dies he dies dan he dies and then in like two scenes later he's in a big bathtub and they're like oh yeah no we brought you back because this guy knows you And it's never talked about. We don't talk about the impact of that on him. We don't delve into that. Like, it's never addressed. There's a scene... And there's all sorts of instances where you're just like, huh? Like... Denise, there's basically there's montage, the the basically that sequence about halfway through. You think everyone's died, <laughs> partly because you know the uniforms mean that often in a battle you don't know fucking who's who anyway. But I'm like, well, they've killed off Rico, and as far as I was concerned, Dan, they'd killed off Denise Richards because a shitload of fire went towards her face. With seemingly no side of, of of escape, but it's all right because she just reappears with no reference to that and one one cut on her face. <laughs> like like <Ooh>. what? <laughs> like, all that fire caused one cut on your face. Um, so I think you know there's a lot of stuff happening to the characters, and again, I can't like I don't want this to become Chris's criticizing. I'm explaining why watching this for the first time I'm conflicted because I'm not right. I'm not used to the tone of this movie no. I, i'm i'm used no no to, no i'm used to no movies
0: used to the tone of this movie
1: <laughs> I, i'm used to movies you know addressing stuff like you know killing off the main character and bringing them back to life and there's a lot of like you know it's it's the, it's the things that were there for the taking and sometimes you feel that rico's a bit of a twat like he literally experiences the 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 pain of of ha- saying I love you to someone and them not saying it back and then he does it to Dizzy like it's like oh okay there's there's moments of there's moments where tonally the film <laughs> the film like his entire family and everyone he knows is destroyed but the moment but the movie like sixty seconds later becomes triumphed because he's back in the army and I know it's making I know that's making a point. But like I'm like oh well we're not we're really not going to deal with how he feels about you know all his family dying. There's the point where um, you know the, the the teacher dies and that's you know played quite powerfully. And then you know twenty seconds later we get Dizzy's triumph because she killed the bug. So we go from like despair to triumph and then we loop right back to despair because then that kills Dizzy. And again it's and you know it's i know all of that stuff is in service of the point the movie is making yes um but i it, it's a real struggle when you watch it the first time to kind of accept that um and i think the just to kind of scatter a load of thoughts that we can then pick apart and discuss more and i think there's also something really interesting is in, in i i don't know and i think it's a really interesting discussion I don't know if satire is the right word. I'm I'm I, I that's the, that's why I keep using the phrase the movie is making a point because I think the movie is categorically making a point. I mean Jesus, look at Neil Patrick Harris's costume <laughs> like when he returns. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> look at how he's dressed like like the point is clear people. But whether the movie's a satire it's it, it's hard watching it to <laughs> Everything is played with such um conviction even the even the dumbest lines in the world are played with such conviction, and there's not like if the <sighs> there's so many moments where you're like that that plays humorously, but I'm not a hundred percent sure they were going for humor and and maybe maybe it's a wider discussion in satire doesn't need to be funny but you know a satire to me is an all is an all out and out comedy this movie is very funny but it doesn't necessarily feel deliberately funny um is someone playing a violin behind you what's happening um, no there? <laughs> someone's
0: doing I don't know someone's doing some construction work or some like something okay. outside I don't know what's happened <laughs> it was been, been getting louder and louder as the <laughs> last like, the last like half, for the last like five minutes and it's just I don't know if they're getting closer and then they're gonna go away or what um, nah, will we'll I, I, I would um, like to set so, point uh, if that's okay because I think you're yeah. 100% wrong on anything you've said about satire there I mean top to bottom I I, I feel rude saying that but yeah uh, which I, is fine yeah. it's, no, it's, it's, I'm not is, saying uh, I'm right sa- I'm, I, no thought, point anywhere I'm
1: just, in the just, day. Uh, let, me, let me finish let me just finish one thought I'm not saying I'm right I'm saying these are all the things that are going round my head and and i'm dropping things like i say, i'm dropping things for discussion like i'm not i don't know enough about the fucking definition of satire but i how much of that stuff is deliberate and deliberately played for comedy is is what i'm saying
0: yeah and, and well, i think i think almost all of it like it's all very i mean the movie opens with a scene where it's i'm doing my part i'm doing my part and then a kid a child eight years old steps out of the line of troops holding a gun, wearing the uniform, going, I'm doing my part. And they're all like, ha, ha, ha. The movie knows exactly what it's doing at all points. The movie is um, designed as as partially a comedy, Uh, maybe not an outright comedy, but I think very often satire is played straight that's. I mean, that is a part of. I think the definition of satire is like it's. It's not. It's not an overt comedy. The characters aren't aware what they're doing. It's funny. If anything, they're playing it hundred percent sincere at all times. You know. It's that's the. That's it. They to the people of that of the world of it, it's real, <laughs> but it's so ridiculous to us, the viewer. Um, uh, you know, and that's how one of the ways in which it will point out the the, the the issues. You know, it is ridiculous that in this movie no one is ever promoted through skill. Everyone in this movie that gets a promotion gets a promotion because the person in front of them is murdered. That's not an accident. That's design. You know, the movie is so carefully constructed to be funny and ridiculous. And I even think down to how flippantly they're like, hey, Rico, (laughs) you're dead. You know, like that's design because i think one of the things that the director of this movie has said since is that one of the things that's a big part of what the subject matter of this movie is is that war makes fascists of us all and i like the idea that like these kids get so indoctrinated into this you know that they don't even criticize the insane clandethu plan like so clandethu for those who haven't seen the movie we should do the plot at some point as well but 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 there's a point when the movie when following an attack on earth in buenos aires um the u.s government decide to fight back and go to the home planet of the bugs and there's a sequence on a planet called clandethu that's where they come from and basically it's a massacre an absolute massacre on many fronts they were unprepared for the exact Level of defense the bugs had, they um they are, you know they were unprepared for the um for the numbers, they sent too few troops. It's just a shit show top to bottom. bajillions die. Like I think they say like a hundred thousand people die in sixty minutes, and then they later on there's a number on the screen of three hundred thousand de- deaths, including many ships and bazillions of troops. Right, all that stuff. Right, cool. So we'll do, we we did that, but like then the movie immediately is like, right, let's get back to it. And at no point does a single character go, hey, wait a minute, sorry. Are we just doing more of this? Are we just going to keep banging our heads against this? And admittedly the military slightly changed tact. They're going for like outskirt planets that aren't as invested, trying to find these brain bugs to work out how they work so they can fight whatever. But like, no one in this movie ever questions an order. Not once. And it's kind of ridiculous. (laughs) It's insane, actually, that no one at any point... Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, yeah. No one at any point shows like the horrors of what's happening it's like yeah we're in war that's what we do in war and it's like very much the design i think so i i feel very strongly and i understand why on a first viewing it might not play that way uh particularly if you're not like expecting the tone of the movie i totally understand that but it's i think everything in this movie is so careful and so deliberately chosen to be what it is, to be um, on that sort of comedic edge at all times, because the movie knows it's ridiculous. That's the point. Because it's not just lampooning um, fascist ideologies. It's also, I think, a little bit lampooning America's own weird um, warmongering ways, you know, their their own weird idolization um, of, of military service. You know, it's... It, it, and... And movies America produces about the military, making it seem like this heroic, incredible feat there are you know if you go through the pantheon of American war movies, there's a couple that are like realistic, brutal heartfelt you know anti war or not even anti war but just like showing the horrors of war. but there's a ton of like I'm a badass soldier doing a great thing, and they're like you know very much on the side of like you know uh, Sort of making it seem like a good thing, you know. Uh, even like even movies like even movies like what's that? The, the Godzilla movie from like two thousand and fourteen has like a ton of stuff in
1: it. I think it's like... just called Godzilla movie. It's just called Godzilla, isn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah, the, I can't. I could. Yeah, I think it's just called. Cool. Yeah, it's called Godzilla. And I guess because there's also a Godzilla from ninety eight, and then there's the original Godzilla from Japan. I, I'm guessing they just call that Godzilla two thousand and fourteen. They could have called it a different title. Give it some sort of title, anyway. Um, that movie is full of like. Not challenging the military, not challenging war, just like, you know, sort of idolizing it almost. So it's, yeah, I think so much of this movie is doing that, that it's, I, I would be, I would be amazed to discover that it was by accident. It's so very careful. Um, in, yeah, that's fair. In my experience. Yeah, yeah so I have the, but I mean, in terms of all your other criticisms, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It, it is insane that Rico's just alive again and that then people die and then they just, they're moving on. But <laughs> so I do think that's in service of that idea.
1: Yeah, but it, like I say, it's, and, and, and again, like, you know, the point is I'm conflicted. I'm not, I'm not coming, because it's so much, it, there's so much to take in. Like when you and, and I went in cold, like I didn't see a. I tra- I went in so cold to this and I'm like, oh, it's Star Wars. Oh, it's a it's making a point about fascism. Oh, it's oh, it's a it's a it's a teen movie. Oh, it's it's this is there. This. Ah, ah. Like, is this meant to be funny? Is it not meant to be funny? I don't know what's going on here. Like, so I'm just like um, bamboozled. Mm. But yeah, I it, 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 it it's it's really weird because it makes that point so strongly but like you know, when there's just so much there that's like, oh, but that's an interesting idea. Do you know what I mean? Like, I the I, the notion of you know Denise Richards saying "I love you" to him and him not saying "I love you" and him being like, oh, just say it back," and then later on, it, he's in the reverse position and he and he doesn't say it back. Like I'm like, that's an interesting idea, but you're not you're not really exploring any characters. And and again, like. This is the thing. Any point you make like that can be backed with, yeah, but it can be argued against with, um, yeah, but in in war they're not. You know what I mean? In war, it, you know these these people are 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 bodies being used for a, a service, and that's that's so often the case in war. You know, even the even the lack of character depth and the lack of exploring. These things that that should be impactful to be explored and should be explored is an argument for the other for the well, it's making the point it's making so effectively, and that's Ooh. why it's so, I think, difficult. Because, because also it's, it's it's also it's not even there's not even in some cases character stuff. I I can't tell you how flawed I was that the fucking villain and the whole point is to be fair, and I thought this was. Again, another really effective thing about the movie. They don't... The movie doesn't end with the war ending. The movie doesn't end... The movie literally ends with a note of... This will help us yeah, <laughs> yes. fight the next 20 yes. years. Like, and that's... I, I, that's that, that's know, what I
0: love as well. It's like, yeah, government run by military genius. people. Guess what? Like, and, this war will never end. It's designed to not end. Yeah
1: and, yeah, and and all it is... all The great victory is just... We got a bit more information, peeps. Like, okay... And 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 I love that, and I think that's amazing. At the same time, the villain is captured by someone else off screen, someone we know, a character we've met, a character we'd seen yes. like an hour ago. But they come out of that cave, and everyone's celebrating, and I'm like, why are they celebrating? And it's like, we've got it, we've done it. And I'm like, what? The, the yeah. big the big bad is caught by someone else. Off screen. That's mad. (laughs) Like, and that's what I mean. It's just for me. It's just confliction because I love, I love the ending. I love. I again. I love. I love the point it's making. I love how effectively it makes that. But at the same time, the I almost can't compute. I almost by default go because you know if you'd say to me you're gonna watch a movie where at the end the big bad, the big you know vagina bug monster. Is
0: is <laughs> caught by? I mean, come on, come on! Now. Um, <laughs> I, I genuinely that it, now you say it, I'm like that is incredible that after all these years, I've never thought
1: of it like that. But that is yeah, exactly what it is. <laughs> there you go. Um, We're all I learning. I We're all I, I don't I, I don't know I don't know the definition of satire. Dad doesn't know what a vagina looks like. We're here, people. This is <laughs> two men. T- every day's a learning day. But day on uh, rewind reviews. Um... But like the, you know, that's that's what I mean about that confliction. because if you if you'd say to him if you'd have said to me yesterday morning, today you're going to watch a movie and the villain of that movie it, at the in the end, in the last few minutes of that movie, the villain will be caught by a B character off screen. I'd go, well, that's a bad ending. Like, that's just you know what I mean? And that's and that's where that confliction comes yeah. from. Love the execution. But Had I, I, a great time watching that ending. Think I think it makes a, the point really well. But I,
0: my I, brain goes, "But that surely has to be, <laughs> yeah, a bad thing." <laughs> I mean, but do you not think he's? Uh, and I know we kind of, we're, we might be turning ourselves into something, but it, it, I I do think like in this one, I guess maybe it's just you know a, a certain level of trust that the director has earned in me, maybe. But I I feel like that's deliberate, right? It's like a deliberate. He's making a deliberate B movie. Like that's 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 the intent that it's kind of like schlocky and cheesy and doesn't really ever get into the the, the nitty gritty of stuff and then there's you know weird beat choices like that like that's kind of is that not kind of part of it
1: yeah possibly yeah yeah I like and again it's not even like I accept that as a defense because I'm not I I can't stress enough and I think I'm almost going to stress it to the point of whoever's listening to this getting bored I it's not it doesn't need to be a defense because I'm not saying it needs defense I'm saying It's fucking batshit crazy, isn't it? Like, and it's, and it, you know, and it makes me go on the one hand, this on the other hand, this. And, and like I say, what's amazing about this movie is every single criticism you can throw at it. You can literally then turn around and go, yeah, but that's the point. (laughs) But you think about, I thought, you know what I thought about a lot? Um, I thought about last action hero. Um, And I, I knew that Mm. to some degree, because I had these conflictions, I knew that to some degree, our roles would be slightly reversed, even though that was a film of your childhood. You hadn't watched it for a while. And there were so many points in that where you're going, this is, you know, and I can't remember exact examples, but my memory of that podcast is that there were things to do with character and tone and and, and stuff like that that you were just bamboozled, you were bamboozled by going, this is just fucking nonsensical. And I'm going... Yeah, but it's it's kind of making a point about action movies, and it's it's. I don't think it's. I think it's meant to just be harmless fun. So, so fuck it. That's kind of the intent, isn't it? And and but that wasn't. Do you know what I mean? But that. But you, you're there going well. I don't think that's enough. And it's. I think someone
0: could do that with this movie. It, it is. I think someone it is could funny go. where the line is for that though, isn't it? Like, because I always wonder about with, with stuff like that when it's like, how much of it is on like the how much of it is on the filmmaker and how much of it is on the audience like to to sort of like go along with it like and also like how much trust do you have to put in with the the, with the filmmaker like you know at what point do you think they've got it wrong and at what point do you think they've sort of like they, they, it's deliberate and, like it, and it's so and hard to find much... that line you know and, and well, it's is, with is way... this I, it feels all deliberate with Last Action Hero it feels like they were just being lazy in places like I don't know. I don't know what the line is for why my brain feels that way about one and not the other. And it's funny, because also, when you said, I don't know where... The,
1: it's funny where the line is, I thought That's you were going to say... And, Sorry. And I, IMDb, I, IMDB just started playing a video on the Starship Troopers page at the top. <laughs> I I thought you were going to say, and I, I think this is valid as well, you don't... It's funny where the line is, where sometimes the the point and the purpose being so important might make you forget like in in like the last action hero is making points about action movies well who who gives a shit starship starship troopers is making points about the the horrific nature of war so do does your brain like with um with help which is a, a tv film we discussed recently on the podcast awful awful thing happens at the end like really kind of uh, we won't bother going into details but basically a character breaks the fourth wall and and it kind of feels um a bit too much like um the point is a bit too on the nose that ruined that that film for you whereas for me i was like yeah but it did everything else so well and it made its point so beautifully that i didn't i didn't i agree i didn't disagree with your criticism i just didn't care as much and i don't know if sometimes some you know is is it as well as the line being how deliberate is it if we're talking last action hero star starship, starship troopers i don't know why i can't say the name of this movie i think there's also a what is it also partly about? Well, the point this f- film's making—the themes are so important and done so well—that you also let some of the other stuff slide for that reason too. It's—I mean—it's a fascinating well, film. I, I think.
0: I think the other thing with this is with, with, over. Uh, well, it's interesting to compare this to Last Action Hero because I—the I, more I'm thinking about, like with this, the, the thing is, it's not just parodying, you know. Um, like fascism and all these other things it's also parodying movies that glorify war like cheesy Mm -hmm. over the top action movies the same as Last Action Hero and I think the problem was Last Action Hero was supposed to be quote unquote in the real world for portions of the movie and the portions Mm -hmm. in the real world were (laughs) equally not functional um, as portions in the heightened, you know, world inside the film, when the kid falls into the film, whereas it feels like Starship Troopers, it's it, it, well, you're supposed to be, it's like you're watching one of those cheesy top to bottom. So I don't feel like I feel like that kind of by its premise gives you more room for, for it. It's all part of the show so to speak mm. it's all part of the intentional satire of action movies where last action hero has a line that it draws well the satire is happening when the kid is inside the movie because everything else is the real world right um <laughs> yeah. so i think that that's part of it is that that movie is broken either end <laughs> um not broken but there are things about it that don't work or don't feel as deliberate either end whereas this one i think it does and i do think as well there's an element of like all the stuff in this, there's also a del- there's a there's a there's a feel in these that make them del- Like it's not an accident that you put a child in that first scene, right?
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: There are things that didn't function about Last Action here that felt deliberate. So it's a, so it's about my ability, my own personal t- sort of sensibilities in what I feel like the director chose to do and what I feel like they didn't. And I just I think anyone could easily watch either of these movies and come out the other way based on that. <laughs> you know, but I also do agree with you something you hit on at the beginning uh that there was we're talking about like the, the also the value of the message. Last Action Hero as a as a movie is going, Hey action movies are kinda of dumb, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Whereas I feel like, yeah, Starship Troopers has got a, a really, really serious message about about where things might go. If we keep glorifying war, um, uh, well, also a message on how a message, like I said
1: earlier, about and and like you said as well about the the true horror of war, how yeah. how dispensable these you know these these people are, these right. you know these uh, soldiers are. How <laughs> it is literally, yeah. Well, we knew we knew some of you would die for that, but I'm I'm glad to see. I'm glad to see you weren't one of them. Like, okay, yeah. Well, that's. I don't know
0: if you noticed, but from Rico's original training regiment, so not obviously including um, Denise Richards' character Carmen. um, uh, She, everyone he goes to training with dies, except for Ace, Mm. Jake Busey's character. Mm. Jake Busey is the only remaining person from uh, Rico's. First training, like <laughs> he's the only mm. one. Um, and I actually, I think what's funny about this as well is I think the the choice was to create contrast as well. I think that's what's interesting so much about this movie between, you know, I, I think I think at one point Verhoeven described it as nine hundred two one zero with a war setting. <laughs> so it's a lot of like teenage angst and like love triangles and all that stuff, and. The idea is to set something so almost seemingly innocent and childlike, like it, they, you know, some of the plots in this movie could easily just be from a high school movie. In terms of like the character relationships, but the background isn't. Oh, I've got to go to trigonometry. <laughs> it's you know, I'm 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 about to go uh going to go murder a thousand bugs. You know, <laughs> I'm going to blow up a big one with a grenade, um, <laughs> and then stand in front of it like looking like a badass. <laughs> You know, so I think uh, that contrast that, uh, that contrast also feels way cleverer than anything that's being done in um, uh, Last Action Hero, and I also think as well the 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 um, the the where it's being silly and B movie on purpose also feels like subtler. Like Last Action Hero, was like, ah, oh, in action movies, don't you hate it when the guns just never run out of bullets? A, eh? a. Eh? Whereas, you know, this movie is, like, it's not... It's, it's doing a much subtler job at that. Like, showing, like, the hero shot of, like... But it's so over the top of Johnny landing, covered in orange bug goo. And then the bug explodes behind him. Like, that's over the top in a very different and less winky way than the Last Action Hero stuff. Um, so th- yeah, that... Sure. So I, I I think, get to. So I really- think as a result, though, when Last Action Hero has a cheesy moment where it, something doesn't work but the movie's not winking at me while it's doing it i'm going well i don't think that one was deliberate because you winked at the others whereas this movie winks at nothing so i'm sort of going like well, wait a minute like maybe all of this is part of the, the show um i don't know i'm I, i'm trying to i am myself trying to reconcile that notion because it feels like it shouldn't be so taste based or personal preference based it feels like i should be able to analyze it more didactically and be able to say this is why this works and this is why this doesn't um so i'm just trying to get to the bottom of it but i do think that one's a big factor that whole when it's winking and when it isn't thing i think that really does yeah i think help cover it i think you i think you've done that with sort
1: of your your thought process over the last few minutes and stuff and i and again i think a lot of my thing is is watching it for the first time because you know, you say there, this movie doesn't wink at all. And that's that's great. But I'm sat there watching it going, fucking hell, this movie surely should be winking at me. Like, how can anyone say, like, let's go kill some bugs without winking? Like, and I and I respect, <laughs> like I said, I respect the choice. But, but when you watch it for the first time and it feels so like a movie yes. that would be watched in community or, or mystery science theatre, you're sat there going... Start winking, or like, or like, right. wink
0: more, or you, like it's it's crazy. Yeah, so, I, I, I'm, so I'm talk- glad it doesn't because I feel like that would would make it worse. Also, oh, am I? But but like, yeah. I, 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 it's so funny because I, I I I went I went through the truth for this film, and I don't know not to get ahead to the truth, um, and it'll come up, but I'll I'll read it properly later. But like, my understanding is that at the time this movie was being made, the executives at the studio making it kept switching. Like every couple of weeks, there was a new executive, mm. and no one ever really got a handle on what was being made uh, with this movie until it was basically done, <laughs> and it was too late. Mm. <laughs> the, the movie was made, <laughs> so I think Verhoeven got really lucky because I do feel there's a part of me that feels like feels like a um, a studio exec might want more winking, but then again. maybe all of this is a moot point Chris because maybe we're wrong in the sense of hey guess what audiences at the time didn't get it Mm. this is a deeply misunderstood film sorry let me rephrase that this was a deeply misunderstood film it was criticised by being you know (laughs) pro-nazi and Mm. (laughs) pro-war and it's like what movie were you watching I just now, it seems so obvious. Um, but we're all, I think, you know. As I said, as when I saw it as a kid, I didn't see it as 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 being this this big statement movie. It was just like a dumb, disposable fun action movie, you know. Um, and I, I and think, well, I, I enjoyed it, I, it for that. But yeah, looking at well, it now, you go, well, well, yeah, it's clearly this, and it's it's not a shocker that get they didn't get it. And so, arguably, um, if he's made a masterpiece this way, but. Uh, you know, like many masterpieces, definitely misunderstood in its time, suggesting that they may, you know, more winking might have helped, at least in the moment. <laughs> I think what would, have, yeah,
1: yeah, I think that's very fair. I, I think what would have um, helped me, because I was also feeling that watching it, I was going, if I'd have watched this as a kid, I'd have loved it. And here's why: Star Wars, even as a kid, and thinking about it, gee, I mean, wow, is this is this probably a point now? um even more so as a kid i struggled i i watched star wars but didn't like love star wars until later in life and i don't think we talked about this on the on the podcast but i when we reviewed star wars but i think i think one of the reasons for that was maybe it didn't feel particularly accessible to me as a kid it felt like there was like a wider world with rules like do you know what i mean it felt like i didn't really understand who the jedi were and who the who the sith were and and i kind of didn't didn't grasp that and and i was you know maybe too young maybe not concentrating enough i think we talked about that um the not concentrating thing and and i mean i mean that i imagine that's really a point now like god if you're trying to get like a kid into star wars where do you even start now um and they would really feel like that because there literally is all this additional stuff um but my point with that is I think the reason Starship, Starship Troopers would have really caught my imagination um because I did I did you know have a big imagination as a as a kid well still you know you know Dan and I've talked about our writing backgrounds and and the fact that if we don't like a show <clears throat> Dan and I almost to a default to well what if they did it this way what if they did it this way and almost try and fictionally rewrite it on the spot um <clears throat> the it's so nondescript it's so as simple as there's an army and there's these bug things (laughs) and
0: they give you they give you so little bug bug things
1: bad but now as an adult i'm watching it going should probably give us a little bit more than that surely but as a kid i'd have been like oh great i can fucking play with these toys in my head (laughs) one i understand it because there's, there's hardly anything to understand and two my imagination can run wild with this because it can literally be whatever, whatever I want it to be. The movie almost does that. The bugs can do and be whatever they need to be for the, for the scene in question. And I'm not criticizing that because some amazing, you never quite know what the bug's going to do. And some amazing visuals come out of that. Um, but like, I think that would have really caught me as a kid. Like, oh, bug's bad. Army, army fighting. Okay. Okay right well let's let's play with this in in my head for four hours like and and you know i think that it's so weird how that would have really appealed to me as a kid but again as an adult i'm sat there going huh I, how invested in this am i if i you know have no if there's not if there's no nuance um yeah it's 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 funny yeah and i do have unless you've got to tag onto that cool
0: there is something to that because i remember even as a kid like the very one of the first scenes um well maybe not one of the first scenes but like an early scene in new hope it's vader who is like so far star wars at this it, you know 30 minutes into the movie right what we've got is like there's bad guys in the big you know the white outfits and they're shooting at these these good these seemingly good guys who are running from them blah 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 but then you get to this scene where like vader goes into a room full of like um various Imperial officers, and I've literally just looked at the dialogue. This is the first time we get a sense of what's actually happening in Star Wars, right? I'm going to read you the dialogue. The Imperial Senate will no longer be of any concern to us. I've just received word that the Emperor has officially dissolved the Council permanently. The last remnants of the Old Republic has been swept away. That's impossible. How will the Emperor maintain control without bureaucracy? The regional governors now have, have, regional governors now have direct control over territories. Fear will keep the local systems in line fear of this battle station like like, what's happening (laughs) what's what's an old republic there's an emperor there's a council that's been dissolved regional governors have control of things now i don't like immediately like he's talking about a wider world and they don't bother explaining any of it at all and i just think like Mm. while my kid brain i suspect i just that just went over my head, didn't care, enjoyed Star Wars for what it was, right? But I think you, you know, th- there is an element of these, there's there's something to, I think there's something to be said for the different kinds of science fiction movies you can have. The kind where there's tons of little breadcrumbs for a big, massive, complex world, or the kind where it's dumb as a bag of bricks, there's no explanations for anything, just, you know, look, bug's bad, human's good, I guess. But that's, again, that, in that, in, the, in this particular case, again, that's intentional because of the the satire of the way that war propaganda works, which always tells you the enemy is the bad guy because they're just they're they're dumb and ugly or whatever. Like you know, like that simplification of the war and the reasons for it is actually deliberate in Starship Troopers because that's what happens to soldiers they're not given the complex details in this movie none of these characters really understand what it is they're fighting and why and they're never really told so we're not told as the audience because we're in that situation but yeah but it just but what, in general there's there's definitely room for dumb science fiction movies that don't really bother doing that stuff
1: but what we are told to to start kind of um because we've been like quite high level uh so far to sort of go into some of the 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 finer details what we are told what we are shown is 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 the literal propaganda is the you know the decision to constantly cut to yes the propaganda to cut to what this world is seeing and engaging with is so effective such an effective narrative decision um yeah. It's such a feels like quite a bold narrative decision because, you know, they do it so much and they also do it without, you know, (laughs) a, a less a less bold, a less brave version of that is a character's watching TV and we zoom in on the TV. No, no, this movie doesn't do any of that. This movie just from the off is like, here you go. This is it. And you just you work out what it is as we go. And that's like an incredibly brave decision i think on on behalf, on the part of the script and the editing and all that stuff um and so effective you're just like well, this is what this is what that world's engaging with yeah. of course, of course it's ended up like this and 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 like I say, that sort of modern take of how well it spoofs. <laughs> what we're seeing now <laughs> like, right. and, and you know this was 1997 and, and you're like oh god that feels familiar <laughs>
0: like, yeah and I think crazy. what's really what's funny about it is like you almost don't notice it like shifting the characters too so like you know Johnny in the start of the movie isn't even that interested in the war or the citizenship Um, he he basically gets into it for a girl but by the end of the movie, he's Joe military. He's like career military guy, become a lieutenant or whatever. You know, Rico's uh, roughnecks. You know, it's all he's like leading a squad, and he's like properly indoctrinated into this insanity. Even though his original plan is like, yeah, I'll serve for a couple of years, and then I'll come home with a citizenship, and I'll be a more respectful member of society. Blah blah blah. Like, and he's saying that to his parents, but really, he's going to chase the girl. And I think watching that happen alongside all these propaganda films, you sort of... It all sort of works together really well. I would argue... We, we we talked a lot during Robocop about the inserts, you know, the news clips, all that stuff, and how they both are funny and weird. Because it was like news clips and adverts. I don't know if you remember them that well, but there's a bunch of that stuff. Mm. Um, and we talked about whether they... That whether they interrupted the flow of the movie too much, how much information do you really get out of them? In, you know, what, what were they? Were they? Were they adding to it? Like, we we do we discuss the value of those and the the way they affect the pacing uh, a fair bit. Um, I think this is a better execution of that idea, personally, and I love the ones in Robocop. There's so many amazing little inserts in that movie. These ones are more focused. There aren't any like random adverts that are literally nothing to do with the plot. Every single one gives you some sort of information about the the world. Every single one leans into the propaganda element. They're always very short, and they always end on that "Do you want to know more?" which I'd love so much because it's like i don't know and again this might be an accident, but in a world now where people just read the headline and move on to the next thing. The fact that each one ends with, would you like to know more? Or do you want to know more? And then it just moves on to the next one. (laughs) As if the the viewer, whose eyes we're seeing this through, is never choosing to find out more.
1: Yeah, because how many times has someone in a modern society given an opinion or fact, and you discover it comes from seeing the headline when scrolling through social media? Like... It's it's crazy how relevant that is. Um, it, to, to to keep diving into very specifics,
0: is well, dizzy. Well, well, very one of before the... we move on, I had a question about those inserts. Did you mm. feel they affected the pacing of this movie, or because or, I, you know, because we talked about that with RoboCop, I'm curious on your thoughts on that here. Because you, in RoboCop, you very much <laughs> felt particularly there was you felt there was one too many inserts you thought there was one Mm -hmm. in the third act that kind of bothered you in its placement because you thought it kind of interrupted the movie escalating how did you feel about their use in this one and in in terms of that in terms of how they affect the narrative going forward
1: uh no because it didn't bother me at all and actually i i as critical as i've been on this movie and i've criticized things in bigger ways i i would sit down and watch this movie again over robocop (laughs) um um, any day (laughs) day of the week um, yeah, I know, I know, and I know it's not probably a popular opinion because so many people think RoboCop is a perfect movie, um, and I'm I'm just not sure it it, it earns the perfect title as uh, as much as Die Hard, and there will be people that feel the opposite, which is you know absolutely fair enough. It's very subjective. Or the or the, um, the real answer, Chris, Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Groundhog Day also a perfect movie, and we I think we of the ones we've done on here, we also put that title to Back to the Future as well. Um, the I no because so I think there's a few reasons. Um, one, I think again, <laughs> as as stated, any criticism of this film can be defended with it's in service to the point it's making, uh, and I think this is you know it's incredibly in service to the point it's making here. Um, two, a lot of this movie is any kind of character work that is done is hooked on yeah, a lot a lot of time has passed. You know, you know, Dizzy and Rico are close and I want to Dizzy's my next point. Dizzy and Rico are closer now? Yeah, well a lot a lot of time has passed. This team has bonded now? Yeah, well you know a lot of a lot of time a lot of time has passed. Is she Denise Richards is now a captain? Well, you know, we've a lot of a lot of stuff. There's like a lot of a lot of hand waving of Yeah, well that development happened off screen as as time has moved forward. So I think inherently, if you've got a film that is naturally jumping through time anyway and telling a story that spans a, a long time or what is probably actually a frighteningly short time, <laughs> again, the point the movie's making, it, it those things, those inserts are always going to interrupt the flow less because, you know, in, in Robocop, you're putting those, I, I can't, my memory is not great on Robocop. But I assume you're putting those inserts in between a scene set in the morning and then uh, the next scene, which is set later that day or, you know, in the in the evening. Whereas with this, those inserts might come, you know, in between years or, you know, they might come. You know, it doesn't so much of this. How I think if you were to track this movie, even even the bits that are set in the same time period, you know, you've got neil patrick harris and and casper van Damme t- t- doing mind control, and then they're at the ball well we there's probably dialogue about this, but we don't know when that ball is like there's there's very few scenes in this movie that follow each other <laughs> that chronologically do, do you know what I mean by that mm-hmm. so I think it, you know even at the beginning you like we're going to sign up, and the next scene is them signing up well that that hasn't necessarily happened the very next day, whereas RoboCop is like, "This is what's happening yeah, it, to this it take, person." It takes place over, at, yeah, at it, it
0: chronologically, it's all much closer to itself. Like, yeah, absolutely, it's Yeah, sort of, So it's, con- it's a sort of concurrent plot rather than a um, a movie spanning several years.
1: Yeah, so I think inherently those inserts interrupt it less because you're not you're not you're not interrupting a scene, you're not interrupting action because of the movie's. Flow of time and the way
0: the movie's using that. Mm. So no, I didn't. I didn't feel that same issue. I, I do think um, I'd. Li- I'd need to compare them. I suspect these ones are shorter than the RoboCop ones too. I, I'd have to check yeah, that. To, to, but I, I. very much got the feeling when watching it this time because I was kind of looking out for it because I remembered our discussion on it from RoboCop. Um, yeah, I, I. I can't. I can't remember them in no. RoboCop that well to be honest.
1: Um, so dizzy. Is Dizzy Dan mm-hmm. one of the most tragic? And I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> Again, I'm full of contradictions this week. I know that. I'm owning that. It's am I my literally my literal headline thought of this movie was I'm very I'm very um, conflicted. So of yeah. course I'm full of contradictions. Um, but even though I've complained about you know a lack of character arcs, uh, a lack a lack of character stuff, I'm going to say this next sentence: Is Dizzy one of the most tragic? <laughs> character arcs you've ever seen in a film because here's the thing Dizzy does the same thing as Rico D- you know we, we get the impression maybe she, and she certainly can fight well and all of that stuff but she specifically asked to be transferred to that unit she knows he's signing up she indicates at school and at the ball that she, she has feelings for him she goes into war for him as, as Rico did Except Rico is rejected, and so he, he knows where he stands with. I can't. What is the name of Denise Richards' character? I can't keep calling her uh, Denise Richards. Tarman. He knows where he stands with Tarman. He's told fairly early on where he stands with Tarman. He has time to process that, get over it. He's not kept hanging on, whereas Dizzy is arguably kept hanging on maybe not so much by rico rico's quite firm with her that you know the that he he's not interested but you know she's still she's still longing for him the entire movie yes also rico gets to live um <laughs> whereas she dies and in the scene where they get together because <laughs> because hank from is it, is, is, yeah, is, um, yeah, it's Hank it from is Breaking Bad. I, yeah, it is, is. Yeah, no, I know it's Hank from Breaking Bad, but I was trying to work out whether it was that character or one of the oh, other Oh, no, genres. no, it's, no. Hang- I
0: think it's the teacher. It's the teacher from the, from the earlier part of the yes. movie. When he comes back... because
1: yeah because you know general teacher gives them an extra 10 minutes in quite a creepy
0: moment um
1: he seems very invested in those two getting
0: together it's the well, only sort no, of I, I think you know to be fair there's quite a sweet moment built into that which is when he says something yeah, yeah of course he, what does he say to rubico it says he, he says, says something like don't um, never turn don't down down, a a good down something thing. good yeah yeah don't yeah That a good thing and i yeah.
1: And I like that moment. I thought it was sweet, but also you kind of go, "Ooh, like he used to be their teacher." And now he's like, "Have an extra ten minutes to bone, kids." On me, <laughs>
0: like
1: it doesn't. It doesn't matter if people die. Don't worry about it. You
0: guys, <laughs> you guys get together. Well, yeah, but um, see, I, I see. Okay, so just to insert again, I thought that was actually weirdly sweet because it's basically him being like, "You yeah, guys might, so you did... guys might die I... in an hour." like yeah, I, don't I don't even think that's i don't even think that's him being leery i think that's him just being like yeah you kids literally might be dead tomorrow you might as well get yeah. get laid now <laughs> get, S- take so something, take I'm, something I'm, good out of what is about to be a very horrific situation
1: i'm making the point in a very different tone to like my my complaint about rico getting revitalized by a bath and it never getting addressed like i'm making it like a joke like i don't i'm i find that less egregious like the whole 10 minutes and don't because especially i agree with you that don't turn down a good thing is a really nice moment but anyway so they finally they finally they get together but he doesn't he doesn't say he doesn't say i love you back he literally does what tarmin does to him Mm -hmm. and then she dies and in the big speech in front of Tamin, the opportunity to sort of acknowledge her, he calls her, even in death, after they've slept together, he calls her his friend. <laughs> like and then at the end it's all happy the 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 gang like the the three friends forever are are three friends in war and she's basically forgotten about it's such a tragic arc (laughs) i feel so sorry for that character and she's fucking brilliant like she's she's a great she's shown to be a great fighter a great strategic thinker she's brave like she's she's phenomenal and she gets treated so poorly by him and, and the world. And I think the fact that, like, like I say, the fact that we have two people that go into, go into war for love and one of them kind of becomes victorious, you know, in the end. And, you know, there's no indication particularly that they're going to get back together, and I would like to think they don't. But he's still, you know, his, his happy beginning literally the movie ends on the note of the three of them arm in arm, you know, same positions. Well, I don't know if they're in exactly the same positions, but it's, it's echoing that scene. Like, Mm -hmm. so he's, he's, he's kind of victorious. Whereas she goes in for love and has the complete opposite experience and loses her life and doesn't even really, the fact that she dies saying, I had, I got you. No, you, you didn't like it's misinformed. She, she didn't
0: have him. It's yeah. so tragic.
1: <laughs> it's so unbelievably
0: tragic. Yeah, I, I agree with all. That. I think, and I think that is like that is that that is again design. I think the character is supposed, of course, to be tragic. yeah, yeah of And course. I think she, I think she, you know, I, I will, I've got to give this movie a lot of credit for actually its, its depiction of women in general because I, I, you know, even even Carmen, who apparently test audiences did not care for, um, they <laughs> they found her to be, um, you know. I don't know, playing with Rico's heart, I guess. And I I think in an earlier version of the movie, there's a scene where she kisses the other guy, which made people really dislike her. I think they took that out. But what I think is really good about Carmen is she honestly is just like someone who's like, no, I'm not going to just make life choices based on some guy. I've got a career I want, things I want for myself, and I'm going to go get them. Um, I'm going to be honest with you about that and say, now... Like so, she sends him that video, like to quote unquote break up for it with him. And everyone, and they, they, you know, that yeah, she did the right thing. She she, you know, they they try to make it work. It wasn't working for her. She knew she was gonna go career. Fair play, you go for your career. Absolutely fine. Very much allowed. Um, so I think this movie does a really good job of like you know. Um, I well, it, it certainly passes the Bechdel test, uh, separate to you know to that. So I think both the female characters' movie are depicted really, really well. The, 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 Dizzy's echoing of Johnny's situation is such a clever choice. It's such a clever choice um, because it really it's like no one's learning anything about anything from anyone here. Like there, <laughs> Rico does not see the irony at all in his treatment of Dizzy in this movie. <laughs> and that's kind of amazing. Uh but at the same time, yeah, while there's something very tragic about her story, um it does feel weirdly honest. It does feel really potentially yeah. true to life. I I I you know, unrequited love or like, you know, partially requited love, whatever you want to call whatever happens between those characters is um i i suspect pretty common and i and i think a lot of people will relate to that story but i also think again that story with the background of war is just so much more like that, that contrast is so much it sort of makes everything more heightened as well um so yeah i i really 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 loved that whole storyline and both those characters i think i think both um Dizzy and Carmen are, are two sort of Really interesting portrayals, and I think both performed really well as well. I should I should say, like from a, from just from an acting standpoint, this movie's got loads of really great performances in it. But I think Denise Richards and Dina Mayer do do a, do a great job um, uh, mm. at bringing those characters to life. Um, so yeah, I'm, I 100 percent agree with everything you said, and I, and, I, and I feel like she She probably is one of the more tragic characters like she's certainly one of those tragic characters she's certainly the most tragic character in this movie she's deeply mistreated I say, yeah and d- she's deeply mistreated then dies you know uh... and then even in death
1: gets whilst, she, whilst yes she gets a funeral mm-hmm. um and it is, you know, she did it, even that in some degree. I I was literally watching it going. Are you
0: are you giving her a funeral just because you happen to have the body? Like the general, the Yeah, the what, about the, yeah died. what about the Yeah, what about the 300,000 people that died? Did they all get funerals like this?
1: Well, and and especially in her instance, like the captain, like the or the general, whatever his the colonel, whatever his title was, yeah. the big the big boss had died moments before and you'd think surely they'd by uh you know tradition
0: or whatever it would be him that would got the fu- get the funeral but anyway that's a unless side note about the the, unless the, the um, whole thing is that they, multiple people got the funerals which could which could very well yeah, be it. like there was the, you know they did a funeral maybe. for everyone i guess but,
1: but even in death you know him call it him saying she was my friend yes is so insulting yes. considering yeah. her last words too. her last words were in the end, I had you. I got you. It's so like, yeah, like like I said, it's so, it's so tragic.
0: But, um, but one thing I will say on that is, there's a kind of weird irony there. Is that, like, in a, in a way, he gave her the gift of dying, thinking she'd succeeded, that she'd won, that she had him, regardless of whether that was true, and that she couldn't see that it probably wasn't
1: there's you know no i think if he i think if he'd said in that moment i love you or something he was giving her that gift i don't think not correcting her is giving her the gift <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs>
0: <laughs> well actually i think you're fine um, what, then, some uh... are your, <laughs> what are some
1: what are some what are some of your deep dives some of your specifics you whatever we talked about my, um, my big ones
0: yeah so i mean in terms of like um character stuff because we, we you know it's funny because often like we, we do like you know I'm the character guy I'm the guy that's like I want the characters to work and if they don't work how do I care about anything that's happening to them I always think that's funny when we do one of these like I always find that the, the only times I'm ever going to lay those rules to the side are movies like this when, mm. the, when the movie is sort of designed to be uh, not it's hard to, I don't even know how to explain what I'm saying. When the movie has got this weird heightened tone, um, where it's almost so exaggerated on purpose that it's like the best you're ever gonna get in a character arc is just someone like saying how they feel <laughs> very quickly to a, to another character. Um, so it, it's funny how that will be enough for me in a movie with a tone like this. Um, but in in the movie, but,
1: but I. sorry to interrupt you never know with those things do you whether that's i mean last action hero would suggest that's not partly a a knowledge and and nostalgia thing because you you felt very nostalgic about that film and you were more critical of it than i was but i'd love to i'd be fascinated absolutely fascinated to portal gun to you know to rick and morty portal gun to a world where you went into this movie completely blind. Yes. And I was the one that watched it as a kid, knew the background, knew the... Do you know what I mean? Where our roles were truly reserve, reversed. Right. Am I am I, literally... am I forgiving it through nostalgia? Yeah. To, well, just in general. Well, also, also knowledge. Like, do you know what I mean? Some of the stuff... Some of the stuff I I was conflicted on or, or criticizing. Part of part of the defence was, you know, you saying sentences like, I think the director has said this or people felt this way, but actually, you know, in time it's come to mean this. You know, all all of that knowledge combines into it. I'd be so fascinated to see you know, if if literally, basically, the roles would literally be reversed. You'd be saying the things I'm saying. You, I'd be saying the things you're saying. Neither of us disagreeing with each other because, you know, we... I don't think we... I I wondered whether we would disagree, but actually, I think because... I, I think it's... I'll tell you what. I'll I tell you what is a really good thing. I think it's a really good thing that I watched the movie last night. Like, sitting with the movie and going, well, actually, like like, you know, Dizzy's... I think if we'd have reviewed this straight after... Watching, if I if I'd have watched it this morning and then we'd have reviewed this straight after, I'd be sat here going, you know, Dizzy's a bit, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be saying the nuance of Dizzy's story is brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I'd be saying she's underserved as a character. I wouldn't be saying she has one of the most tragic, tragic character arcs I've ever seen, and it's actually very powerful. Um, and I wonder, you know, like I say, I just and that and that's done in a movie where
0: everyone sort of emotions are are basically explained in like one line dialogues like it's a there's i guess it's about subtlety like i think in a movie that's not trying to be subtle characters walk into scenes and tell each other how they feel And then there's movies that are you know uh just a i'm picking a movie i saw really recently something like the banshees of inner sharon which is a which is a, a, a film that came out this year with uh, uh brendan gleason and colin farrell everyone should see it. it's on disney plus in the uk if you've not seen it you should absolutely see it. it's very good but that movie the characters talk about how they feel, but it's not overt. They're, you you have to imply how they're feeling from the things they're saying to each other. You have to do the digging. It's subtext, right? In a movie like that, I I expect character work to be more complex, more intricate. You know, characters that are comp- you know multi dimensional have lots of different thoughts and feelings. In a movie like this, I'm okay with a character having that one sort of like feeling that they're feeling throughout the movie you know and then and you know something like with, with, with Dizzy and this you're right it's it's not particularly complicated and I guess on an initial video you go like ah there's not much to it these characters but actually when you look at what happens to the character and compare when you take that very simple feeling that that character has and then you put it in this plot like you can actually make a really tragic very poignant powerful arc with it even if it doesn't have the subtlety or the dimensions of something more complex, um, you can still mm. achieve that with it. But you're absolutely right. In a world where I don't bring in my knowledge to it, you know, maybe I feel differently. And even having to sit with it. But I think, interestingly, having to sit with it is maybe a really important element of this movie. You know, it's, it's history mm. as people sitting with it and learning that it's actually... Way cleverer than they may have initially given it credit for, so you know maybe you 've just gone through a mini version of what we you know many people who viewed this movie initially experienced across the years,
1: yeah, I think my like I say, I think my review is different, having watched it yesterday and not this morning, and I think you know if i'd watched it a week ago, my review would be different as well yeah, um, yeah i think that's and true. and I think like what 's nuts is i'd be willing to watch it again and and show it to to jess and like uh, and and debate and debate it with her because cause jess's reaction would be like this is fucking madness and I'd be going, yeah, but what about the nuances? <laughs> and she'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> and I'd be like, fair enough. Um, and, and you know, I imagine that is also a lot right. of people's
0: experience. But, but but again, with maybe know. with some, with some time, you know, it, you, know she, you know, she you know she would come to see what it. Because again, I think it, it, I, I just audiences that first watched it and decided that it was just a dumb, pointless action movie that didn't really have much to say for itself. You know, that it was glorifying war and all that stuff. They, know, they, they you know they're not wrong that's their you know that's their, how they felt about it it's not you know when you're saying that's how i felt about the movie you can't be wrong about that that's what that's what they witnessed you know um whether that was the intention of the director or not is a different debate but like the way an audience perceives your movie is out of your control as a filmmaker right and like you know in mm-hmm. in 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 the case of this one audiences definitely didn't initially understand what he was going for and you could argue. I think it's the director's responsibility to communicate the idea clearly enough. But I, I, I think as well as an element of, um, maybe the movie was just a little ahead of its time. You know, uh, maybe audiences weren't ready yeah. for that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think maybe there's, 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 a, there's a little bit of that here. You know. Um, so yeah, I, I, and I, I just think it'll be really interesting. You know, to see like you know, if we in a couple of years' time we maybe we come back to this one, not to rewatch or anything, but just have it, you know, just between us, not on even on the podcast. And I'd just be curious to see how you feel about it then, thinking back to it. I, um I'll be honest with you, mate. I'm not, I'm not adverse to watching the sequels.
1: <laughs> right. I know. I'd like just for my own morbid curiosity.
0: I know you never want to watch them, and I'm not saying I, I'll pick them for this. But yeah, like, please don't. I've, yeah. I've, I've avoided them my entire life. Like, I I <laughs> I just can't do it. If they're... Oh, God. I'm just so worried that they're going to be sequels to the movie everyone thinks this movie is. Mm. Does that make sense?
1: <laughs> but do you think... Because there is a world, right, where... It's weird, though, isn't it? Because if you were going to make a TV show of this... And yeah. and I don't want to talk about this too long, because, I, I, one, I don't want to fucking two and a half, three hour long podcast. And and I'm conscious that like, you know, we have still got things to drill into, especially my big things to drill into. I feel like we've covered, but I'm sure you've got a list. So I almost don't want to talk about this too long, but I feel like it's weird, isn't it? Because if someone were to say to me, you gotta, you gotta reboot this. You gotta retell it. What are you doing? I'm one immediately going TV show and two, yeah. I think I'm going full full out drama. I don't think I'm doing the 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 comedy stuff or the 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 kind of uh, sp- you know I'm not doing people's heads imploding and people reacting in kind of a ugh, sort of way. I'm I think the dramatic telling of it would be my preferred route. I don't think you could sustain this sort of bizarre, no you know no winking. I I think you'd have to wink, and I don't I don't want to wink. So if I don't want to wink, I'm probably going um, for a more dramatic version of it across you know ten episodes. What what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I I I, I wouldn't I would not do that. Um, <laughs> I I think the the I think the reason this movie's message hits so hard is because of that weird tone, and I think you 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 would lose something pretty significant if you if you took the sort of uh the no winking comedy out of it um i think it has to almost be cheesy because again remember it's it, it, it what's great for me at least about about this property about this product um is it's not just a parody of of fascism it's a parody of other movies doing this and i think you only you can only do that with that like weird tone and that longing, so I, I i would if you had to approach it i would still approach it with this exact same tone I, I i think i'm less bothered about keeping that i like
1: that element but i think you know if 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 we're getting if if i'm if i have to get rid of that element to tell a fascinating story about someone who went into war purely for love and ended up sure a a, a but, but then, the but then, don't reboot Starship Troopers
0: as a TV series. Then, in that case, make something else. But I want, I want Big Bugs, Dan. Ah, uh, you can put Big Bugs. Big Bugs aren't copyrighted.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely
0: bugs. like. I, it's that that would be so far away from what this is to my brain that I would be like, just call it something else. It's fine. I that, that's. I'm also interested in the thing you're describing. But I, if it was, if it had the Starship Troopers label slapped on it, then I've got certain expectations. And I I think it's it's look, it's a fascinating world with lots of potential for drilling into. I mean, the the first thing you learn about this world when the movie starts is you know it's a world where democracy was basically put aside because veterans took over, decided we were being too namby pamby, closed down democracy, we're shutting democracy, the military's running this shtick now, and we end up in a, a, a more militaristic society where basically anyone, the only people who who can vote are people who are enlisted. You can could, you, you could only have a baby if you're given a license. And to get a license, you need to be a citizen. You don't get citizenship until you've gone to war. That's... Pretty fucked up. <laughs> that's crazy. And the way this movie just like hand waves that entirely away is amazing to me. Because that is a really interesting, complex idea. But the movie's going, well, wait, no. Because they're military. All they want to do is... I think... There's a. Ah, I wish. let me see if I can find the quote there's a really good quote from the director about this uh, let me see if I can find it very quickly uh, it might be in my trivia you now um, let me just see very very quickly oh man where is it because basically he was like I think this might be someone retelling something he said to them rather than it actually being like an official quote from the director but I think it was Clancy Brown who's in this movie Um yeah. Okay. So in a 2014 interview on the Adam Carolla show, Michael Ironside, who uh read the book as a youth, had actually asked director Paul Verhoeven, who'd grown up in Nazi-occupied uh, Netherlands, why are you doing a, a fascist movie cuz the book is a is a is a let's just say the book is questionable. We'll come to the book that it's based on. I say based on. It's not really based on. We'll talk about that too. Um Uh, you know, uh, Verhoeven apparently said, if I tell the world that a right-wing fascist way of doing things doesn't work, then no one will listen to me. So I was going to make a perfect fascist world where everyone is beautiful, everything is shiny, and everyone everyone has big guns and fancy ships, but the entire world is only good for one thing, killing bugs. (laughs) That is an incredible quote that says so much about his viewpoint on this entire movie which is just what they've done is they've created a society that is literally good at war and nothing else mm-hmm. and so to, 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 to hand wave it almost away a more interesting backstory or a more complex like political structure then go like well we're not actually going to talk about that because actually there's nothing to say about that what they've done is they've gone military and that's all they're going to do now they are a war factory and that is all this society achieves. Yeah, because it's funny, because you kind of want to
1: dig into, like, his parents have him. So presumably, <laughs> these two anti-federation people were did fight, did become citizens that way. Like
0: That's you know, a really good point, actually. I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, because I was under the impression his parents did not have citizenship. But yeah. Maybe because they had money, they were rich. I wonder if they bought their way into a license to have a kid. Fascinating. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. And again, was... it's
1: for me, it's that kind of thing I would want to explore in a in a longer version of this, personally. Right. But yeah, um, but see, but yeah,
0: a hundred percent. But I, but I understand the the, the the desire for that. But again, I, I, I do like the way the movie. Does the way it the, 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 does it the way it does, and I, I wouldn't want to not the, 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 the I wouldn't want to lose the jokes like like when the guy says, "Good for you." The infantry made me the man I am today, and he's like, he's got one arm, no legs, and the other yeah, arm yeah. gone. And I do, I will he's say, he's got a well, robot arm, this... and he's shaking the robot hand as he says, it. "It's so good."
1: I will say, like it's this movie is so. Uh, I think what this movie does better than. In a way, what are the most comparable movies? Instead of like, <laughs> and again, I don't think we should necessarily go, go talk about this for half an hour either. But the, in a way, never mind last action hero. One of the movies to really compare this to of modern, of modern times is of recent times is Don't Look Up, and yeah. i I think this movie makes its point and could convert okay maybe not makes its point makes its point clearer but i and we discussed this in a review a particular challenge that i personally and i know a few others had with don't look up is that sense of is it converting anyone or is it you know is it is it simply in terms of its message preaching to the converted and you know anyone watching it is you know
0: already on board uh, to which you know, I think you. I don't think a that's necessarily a of, point of the, the, the movie, though. Like that's that's people hear, oh, it's an environmental message, and just don't watch it.
1: Yeah, I I believe you made
0: that's what I was just about to say. I believe you oh, okay. made
1: the the fa- the fair argument on the podcast of well, they're not even watching the movie anyway. Like yeah. you're never going to win them because you're not even going to get them to right, watch the right, movie. Right. Yeah. But regardless of of that specific, the, of those specifics. I think this movie could convert someone more than don't look up could could i think this this movie could maybe not convert but open 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 someone's eyes in a in a more right. overt, because well, it's so over like the scene you were just describing the point of that scene cannot be in any way misunderstood <laughs> it is very clear what that scene is going for like I say, like I said earlier it's kind of, I, I understand completely why people misunderstood it when it first came out, but you do also go Neil, look at how Neil Patrick
0: Harris is dressed people, yes, <laughs> like, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll come sure. back to that, we'll come back, but yes yeah, agreed um, yeah and Surely I think the a... point is clear <laughs> there's a truth to that but I think also actually it's the winking thing again because I actually think the Mm. problem with don't look up is don't look up is winking all the time get it Mm. get it and I think that puts people off whereas this movie no winking tries to play it sincere but the message is clear so unfortunately, it's it's that same thing. The lack of the winking is actually what makes this movie so powerful. Um, you know, and, and if you were to lose those kind of jokes and those kind of moments, I think it would actually harm the movie's message and its ability to uh, to convey that message. And I, and I do agree with you. Don't look up is so overtly what it is that those people won't even watch it. Whereas Starship Troopers just is like a is like a fun action movie on the surface. If you see the trailer, you like, oh, I'll watch Starship Troopers. It just looks like a kind of old sort of retro. Um, sort of gory like um space fighting movie i'll I'll watch that and then it's got this message sort of bundled in, whereas it feels like don't look up exists for its message, whereas this movie feels like it's actually pretty concerned with whether you're entertained too. Like, first and foremost, yes. yeah, yeah. the message is secondary. Whereas Don't Look Up feels like message came first, entertainment came second, because we both talked about, when we reviewed Don't Look Up, the middle section of that movie having all sorts of problems, and there was some structural stuff and some pacing stuff. Because the movie was too busy wanting to reinforce its message, it didn't think too much about how, how entertaining it was in places, and I think that was a big part of why that... of elements of why that there were, there were flaws in that movie. So yeah, I 100% agree that this movie is probably more effective... Uh, can, uh, 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 making its message there by hiding it slightly in terms of on the surface, the movie might not seem like it's overtly got a position. Um, you know, it might seem like a dumb action movie to a passerby uh, <laughs> until they actually sit down and watch it. So, yeah, for sure. Because you've got to trick people into watching the thing, right? It's the only way you're going to do it. And how you do that, entertain what? them and then slip the message in. <laughs>
1: what uh what are some of your details what are some of your 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 notes
0: um i do i it's, it's little things about the world that i thought were really good i like the way that we learned about the world through these tiny little fragments like uh my one of my favorite of the inserts where i wrote down more news a murderer was captured this morning and tried today sentencing tonight at six <laughs> mm. <laughs> the, the idea that a guy was captured for murder tried that afternoon and then was gonna be murdered that night was my was so good and you
1: well, you've missed a detail as well, not just not just I think you mentioned that it was you know airing, but it was airing on all channels, yeah, which again yeah. is a really yeah. subtle it's a really subtle decision that yeah. says an awful
0: lot about the world, yeah and then immediately they've got a scene where a bug is eating a cow and it's censored, and then it cuts to a field full of dead bodies, not censored at all, like they showed so much gore in the very next shot. But they'd censored the cow <laughs> such a great choice, like the idea that like maybe Peter were like complaining about the cow gore, but the people go absolutely fine in this world
1: yeah um, exactly i
0: I do love how exaggerated the military is in this movie, you know the pain is in your mind, all that stuff is fucking great, um it just yeah. Uh, one of my favorite characters in this movie, because he's totally subverting a stereotype, Ace. I want to talk briefly about Ace. Ace is the character played by um, uh, Busey. What's his first name? I always forget his name. The other Busey. Not the Gary Busey. The one that jake busey jake busey and he starts you think he's gonna be like a traditional like bully type character he like cuts in line and the him and rico are like staring each other down he's like get back of the line you know wait your turn and he's like oh well yeah you're gonna stand up to me you big man and he's like hey we should be friends and then they're immediately friends and even though he's got that bravado that stereotype typical like bully um Attitude and that's a big part of his of his character he's actually an absolute sweetheart He's the one that comforts Rico when Rico finds out the girl you know is is dumping him basically um yeah I, I love ace ace is one of my favorite characters in the whole movie. He's really good um he plays the violin, which is just like used for hilarity and weirdness in all sorts of scenes in the movie It's great, I really like it um and he also has one of the most brutal scenes in the movie, which is to put your hand on the wall scene. down not a few uh
1: Yeah Jesus. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a scene where he says to his officer, like, you know, uh, why are we learning to, you know, do this sort of thing, fight with throw knives and stuff, uh, you know, it's all nukes anyway, it's all about pushing buttons. He's like, put your hand on the wall. He throws a knife through his hand, he's like, Yeah, push a button now <laughs> Just, it's a great scene. So good. Deeply gory. <laughs> we should talk about the gore in general. I like the use of gore in this movie. It's so over the top like it was in RoboCop and I think Verhoeven just likes that in general but I think it really uh, this movie is really like a perfect combination of Verhoeven's like weird tendencies because in RoboCop sometimes the gore felt unnecessary whereas here it all feels like it lends to his message um I don't know if you felt the same way because it's a deeply gory film top to bottom
1: Yeah I'd say the same and I think it, again it's that horror of war thing isn't it it's it's so casual you know the 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 casual way we see legs blown up and and we see so much blood uh, and and interestingly like because we've god we've not even talked about this but I like the way they kind of use they use blood and the goo like we yes it's the you know how we we see the the villains the other sides we see their blood in in almost equal measure we see all that goo we see the the true horror of war is being shown on both sides and that and the thing i was saying oh man we've not even talked about this is the notion that also the theme of this movie and it's quite subtle but they they hint at well we took over their planets. <laughs> there's, probably, there's probably a version we, we where... We were the
0: invading force.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's a version of this where you could play it from their point of view and, and we don't come off... We, we're the bad guys, you know? There's that great keep David in mind, Mitchell and Webb sc- sketch, you know?
0: Yeah, and keep in mind, the big end glory point of the movie, the thing that everyone cheers in is the happy ending, is Neil Patrick Harris using his psychic powers to tell you the enemy is afraid Mm. This creature we've captured, they're afraid. Hey, we won! They're afraid of us <laughs> it's, it's such an insanely powerful like piece. Like that I every time that they cheer they're afraid, my mind melts. Well, I guess it probably didn't when I was a kid, but like as an adult, every time I've seen this movie, I cannot believe how Yeah, as a that kid, is. you're like, fuck yeah, wait. Yeah, as a kid, I jumped up and down like, they've won, you know, I guess. I don't know, I don't remember. But uh, yeah, I assume I just saw that as a victory. But actually, when you realise that what they're cheering is another being being afraid for its life, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And then, so of course, we've we got the... I mean, the... even like the, um, the, the the helmet scene, the malfunctioning helmet. Oh, insane.
1: I I will say, though, so I thought that I I did think the the comic the, the kind of you're no longer the general as I already indicated, I did think that element of that scene was ridiculous. We always needed to stay on the drama too long, but that wouldn't have been in keeping with, with the movie. Um Going back to the Gore, I will say though, especially during that midpoint battle, the battle we start with and then and then build our way back to. Um Yes, yes, yes. The it, invasion of the clandestine uh, Yes, I love the gore. I thought some of the visuals in that were amazing. Um I thought and when I say love the gore, I, I love I love how impactful the gore made it all. I think some of the visuals are great. It was it was particularly hard to follow who the fuck was who. There was literally a point where I was like, have they just killed off everyone in this movie? And I think it's a combination of the the fact that they're all dressed exactly the same, but also the fact that they literally do appear to kill everyone off. They do kill Rico. I don't, as I mentioned earlier, I don't see how um, Tamara have uh, Denise Richards' character survives the flames going towards her. So it's kind of like not only. Is it already already fairly uh, difficult to work out who's who again? I think that's the point. Like uh, that that age old defense yeah, of this disposa- movie. Just, well, disp- disposable the, ev- um, soldiers. Dis- yeah, they're all,
0: yeah, they're all just numbers. Every- they might die, they might not. who cares. Yeah,
1: exactly. E- everyone's disposable. So it doesn't. You know, yeah, you can't follow everyone because you wouldn't on a battlefield. You wouldn't be able to work out if the people you knew had had gone. It's very deliber- deliberate. Deliberate. Um, but it did it did make as a
0: as a set piece. <laughs> I was a bit like, wait, what what the fuck's happening? Do you think that's <laughs> do you that? think that's particularly true on the Clan in the Clandethu sequence um because it's night? Because we have a few there's a couple of different like key battles that happen in this movie. So there's the Clandethu sequence, which is the the first humans boldly going into the bug territory following the attack on Buenos Aires, which I want to come back to in a minute. Actually, I've got some stuff to talk about on that. But they they barrel in for revenge, essentially, and are absolutely outmatched, outnumbered, and it's a massacre, right? Whereas later on we have the outpost action sequence, which is day, well lit, and I could follow who everyone was in that sequence.
1: Well, I think it's because it's at night, but it's also because Um at that point we've got a whole squad. We we, you know, we we know and are kind of following. Yeah, six, seven characters or whatever that are all out there and all fighting. And even in space, you know, we know three characters that are that are being attacked and are fighting. By the time you go to those day battles later on, we're also down to really only about four people we need to keep track of in the first place.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, that that could that so I could think, be it. That could be it. Cause I was kinda of thinking like the idea being like, you know, there isn't supposed to be tension to the Klandethu sequence, because that is just, they lose. (laughs) So it's not like you need to follow the battle. You're just watching scene after scene of someone losing, someone dying, someone, you know, not making it. So, whereas the outpost sequence is designed to be clearer for who to follow, because in that, the tension is, you know, will they escape? Will they get away? Will they win this one? Whereas the mm. previous sequence, the point isn't really to create will they win, won't they tension. It's about just watch them get slaughtered, because that's the the point of the scene. So I was just, I was just, I was wondering if like there, there was there was some potentially deliberate choices there, but I'm not certain on that. That could just be coincidence. But you know, it's I I do agree with your criticism about the Rico stuff because like there's a part of me then that watches the rest of the movie going. Well, if he dies again, will they just could they just stick him back in the in the tank. Could he just. That's just... well, how I felt a little bit with Dizzy, to be honest. Right.
1: Did you think they were going to bring Dizzy back then? No, I didn't think they were going to, but
0: I felt they could, which gave right. it slightly less jeopardy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's fair. Um, so, yeah, I do think there's some interesting elements there because I do wonder about his selection of which scenes. Because I actually thought, particularly, that outpost sequence was really well done. Um,. I understood the stakes. I understood where everyone was. I understood the layout. Like I, I, The only thing I... Oh, I'll tell you what, Chris, though, very quickly. Uh, hop a bus. We're just popping over. a couple, Just two stops. We're heading over to Nitpick Corner. We'll mm-hmm. be you, there with oh, you. Oh, great. Let's ring a yeah, yeah. bell. Let's hop off. Yeah. So there's a moment when they're on the top of the wall of the outpost, right? And we get this really horrifying shot of just how many bugs are coming towards them. It's thousands. Hundreds of thousands, mm. maybe. Right now, those bugs had already, in an earlier scene, been coming at them, and because they were being shot at the wall, they were the bodies were piling up, allowing the bugs to climb straight over. I don't know if you recall that shot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Then we see thousands of the things. Like the floor, you can't see the floor anymore. You can't see the desert floor. It's that covered in bugs. They hop off the wall into the enclosed outpost, and I'm sorry, based on the number of bugs we saw. They should have been over that wall in about eight seconds. But then the scene carries on for another 10 minutes while they faff about with grenades and, like, you know, their escape plan and all that stuff. And they're shooting the odd bug, but, like, it's not, they're not overwhelmed. The problem with that shot is it does make you, the audience member, go, holy fuck, how are they going to get out of that? This is surely they're dead, right? There's no, you know, it does create that tension in you. The problem is, it's such a severe position to put them in, the movie then can't actually realistically get them out of it. <laughs> so, what then has to happen is, that bajillion bugs don't climb over the wall until just after the transport has arrived and taken them away. <laughs> it's
1: just like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> they were right there. That's... There's a lot of that in this movie. But then there's a lot of that in war movies. Like, do you know what I mean? How often especially zombie shit. How often in a in, in zombie shit, like do you just go but sheer number alone, yeah. when your back is turned shooting one of them, one of those other fuckers is, is, is biting yeah. down on the back of your neck and, and killing you. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's just yeah. no num- numbers alone mean you ain't you ain't surviving that because you know you could be the best the best shot in the world you've still there's still a moment there's still time between being able to shoot and in that and there's still a point where once the number's greater than you know five someone can go behind you (laughs) encircle you and yeah. then presumably you're a little bit fucked
0: <laughs> yeah it made me think of uh world war z you know the movie the the the, the, the brad pitt movie especially uh, the visual you... of them climbing the wall exactly i mean i mean it made 100%. me go
1: wow world war z pretty much stole that then right
0: <laughs> you're right yeah <laughs> a little bit i mean world war z to be fair up to the scale quite a lot <laughs> i would say um, but yeah, it, it, I I was watching it, thinking of that quite strongly. It definitely has vibes. Um, I and, and just worth noting, the World War Z movie, not in any way related to the World War Z book. And anyone who thinks it is, or, or, or wants to try and tell me that it is, I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt them. there's are they're two different products. They just happen to be called World War Z. I refuse to accept one is oh, related felt, to the other. it felt like um, it felt like a very
1: specific and personal point there, Dan. Mm.
0: Anyway, you brought is... a World War Z
1: defence To a star, 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 Starship Troopers uh, I'm, I'm going to move us on Chris
0: I don't want to talk about it um, Is Xander Skies. Uh, skis Are you saying the film is better Than the book? No, I'm saying the book is vastly better than the film But the film is fine If it's not called World War Z
1: Sorry, I meant to say The film is better than the book And then the joke would have been clearer But I uh, I fucked
0: it <laughs> But what I'm saying, the book is superior for sure. But I think the film is perfectly acceptable in a world where you don't call it World War Z because it is nothing, nothing to do with that book, what that film is. It shares it shares one thing with the book, and that's the title.
1: Are you saying that the adaptation of the characters is inaccurate, Dan?
0: No, the, the characters from the book aren't in the movie.
1: <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. I think I've heard you rant about this
0: before. <laughs> Don't call it World War Z. It's a different thing. You've just, you just, you've just, you've bought the rights to a book to slap its name on a on a film.
1: But to bring it back, isn't that what happened here as well? From what you said earlier, There's a yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk.
0: We'll, t- we'll, t- we'll, t- we'll talk about that. Well, yeah, but they, yeah, t- they shouldn't have called the Starship troopers. <laughs> In that case, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, t- we'll, t- we'll come to that. Let's, let's talk about that too. I think this is this has some stuff, character names and elements from the book, but sort of reverse engineered. Again, we'll talk to it. Uh, we'll talk about it. let's 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 cover this. Uh, is is Xander a skeezy guy? Xander is the is the other pilot guy that Denise Richard's character kind of has some sort of interactions with that, that Rico is jealous of. Is he skeezy or is he just being like is he just is he just right place, right time, and he's just getting away with it. Is, yeah. What, the other pilot. Yeah, yeah, the one that gets brain bugged at the end. I did. I. I I must admit, I've clearly given my feelings away in my notes because I've written the brain bug thing is really gross, and seeing it kill someone is really upsetting. Except for it's Xander, so whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think. I think again. There's a. There's a movie where you can view it from Xander's point, and it. it, You know, and he's not a dick. Um, I think it's funny. What my my bigger Xander point is. I thought it earlier when you were talking about. You know how they felt that you know tarman's character was slightly damaged so they took out a kiss and i just thought i mean they lean in for a kiss (laughs) like and i was (laughs) almost frustrated by i kind of wanted it specified whether they were together or not (laughs) beyond that point um is he a dick? As with all the characters in this movie, Dan, there's not a lot of time with him for me to make that judgment call. Like, I think the second fight is completely unnecessary and he's a bit of a bell end for seemingly fighting him because they, they weren't friends as kids. And I thought it was going to be a, um, you know, a, a, a Tom Cruise, uh, Van, um, Val Kilmer, you know, Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer th- situation, uh, which obviously it, it wasn't. Um, you know what I mean, he's a, he's a dick only because he doesn't get a redemption scene, <laughs> he doesn't get the scene where he saves Rico's life and Rico goes, you ain't so bad and they, you know, they could have done that but I, in reality he's just a bit of a smug twat, isn't he
0: Yeah, I think I think for sure I mean, I, I joke that I kind of you know, that character's the worst or whatever because like I think the movie frames him as that guy, you know um, but I think, you know you're right if you, all the movie has to do is frame rico as that guy and it's the same you know <laughs> oh your old boyfriends followed you to the military mm. not a not a nice guy you know yeah it's, it's you flip it and it works um the, the other thing i would to talk about uh because i've forgotten to mention this i think one of the most powerful moments in the entire movie so rico loses his like you know boss of was he, like, little squad leader whatever his little role is and it gets given to Ace then they go to Kland- Klandethu and Ace who is supposed to be squad leader who's probably one of my favourite characters in the movie, if not my favourite character in the movie hesitates and says what are we doing when he looks over the hill and sees all the bugs coming towards them incredible <laughs> top to bottom one of the most powerful moments in the whole movie because it's a character For that has sure. such bravado to look at what's happening and actually and he's the only one in the entire in fact thinking about it he's the it's the only time in the entire movie anyone takes a second to go this is fucked <laughs> what's happening why are we doing this the rest of the movie no one questions it ever yeah for sure it's very powerful and then later in the movie rico's like you know what you want to command again he's like nope i did that i, I was bad at it i was bad at being in in the command i'm just going to be a grunt from now on fuck that's a guy that's so indoctrinated he sees his honest realization of the horror of what they're doing as a weakness. That's how fucked this world is.
1: Yeah, it's very his powerful, reaction it? I hadn't thought about perfectly, it way, but it is
0: perfectly healthy reaction. <laughs> what are we doing? turns into "I'm a failure."
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's wild. that's nuts. So good. <laughs> <laughs> and and very and subtle and uh, easily missed. I think it's only in my last couple of viewings that I will have noticed that. I, I feel like I I didn't put too much you know attention to that character as as a younger person. Um, massive, absolutely massive. Um, and very very powerfully done. So yeah, big big thumbs up to the writing on that one because I think that's really really good. That invasion, by yeah, the way is great. Is like, great. I love as well, like, you think it's going to be an antagonist
1: thing at the beginning. Yes, and he's like, well, I'm going to be your friend. <laughs> like, that's all it is. I love that so character funny. so much.
0: Um, that whole war, actually, yeah. that whole, that invasion scene is great. It's epic and brutal and visually interesting. Like, the scene from when you see the surface of the planet and all those blue plasma things are coming up and cutting through the ships. It's incredible visually. It's really good. Actually, let's talk about the visual effects in general. Considering this movie didn't have like a crazy, crazy budget. It had a pretty good budget, but not like, you know, it wasn't Jurassic Park. It looks pretty good, right? Like it's there aren't that many scenes where you go yikes at the special effects. They 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 hold up pretty well, I think.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, I think um I think it's uh especially the stuff with the bug and the fighting and that blend of I think what it is is it It uses whilst obviously a lot of it is digital when it comes to the gore when it comes to the the blood when it comes to the goo, it's all very practical it's what it seems anyway,
0: yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think there's a lot of really practical stuff around the gore, and I think you merge that I've... with the c g. i. bugs, then it all sort of feels a lot more real, yeah, I think some of the some of the in space stuff has maybe aged
1: badly. Um, slash even for the time, I'm sure you could find a sci-fi movie made in 1997 with better-looking space stuff than this movie. But again, that kind of that helps the sort of almost B-movie tone yes. it's going for. So yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah,
0: um, I really enjoyed the um, everyone doing their bit bit where all the kids are kicking <laughs> squishing the cockroaches. <laughs> so silly, <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Yeah. Um <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, um I enjoyed that. Um I I did write the note about this movie predicts Fox News before Fox News really becomes Fox News. Um you you made yep, the same point, so there's no point in me covering that. Um I don't have is a diff- the, is the
1: is the shower scene a bit gratuitous while we're cutting it, well, checking out now, quick that is, quick that points is,
0: and questions. That is a that is a point of contention, yes. Um a lot of people feel it is. Um I think I think there's an element of a small element of what we're saying is it's a future where a co-ed bathroom, a co-ed shower room is like fine. Like we're we're saying something about this particular future and how things have gone in terms of like gender politics (laughs) and stuff. But at the same, you could
1: view that you could you could view it both ways on that, and like and both points are like. (laughs) are interesting at the very least not not justifying the scene because i think i agree ultimately with where you're about to go but you could either view it as uh this is a world where the world is way more unisex and actually that's a good thing um and you know that's also shown by uh the dizzy character coming in after the man has failed to kick the general's ass and and having a better shot at it doing better in in that moment and the notion of well it's 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 unisex, so they're just they're just all together, but you could also view it as these people are so engrossed and being made to be so focused on war that they're just not even like they just they don't even really see seeing each other naked as a sexual thing it's just part of what they're doing for the war there's so little other than kind of the reaction when he gets the video message and obviously him and dizzy sleeping together which predates them in the war there's no indication of like them all you know what i mean there's such little sex in this movie because yep. they're so because the because the characters are so programmed so yes. you could also view it as well they're showering together because it's
0: not even a question of them like of yeah. of anything happening because they just know it shouldn't. Yeah, like, no, no, you know? no one, no one is sexualizing anyone. No one is like, no. the, you know, it, it is it is the least they, sexual scene in in any movie ever. There just happens to be a lot of nudity in it. And while I do think in terms of like, do we need that message in this movie? Probably not. I guess you probably could have got away yeah. with making these poor actors uh, not do it, but equally. I do think that it adds a message to the movie about that, and I do think it says something about these characters and, and this world. So, gratuitous. I think you. I think you could argue it either way. I think somebody could tell me the movie doesn't need the scene, and I wouldn't disagree with them. Or that the same scene could happen with them all just sort of in the in the room with their bunks, you know, without. The, yeah, being and a I think the. the oh, and you'd the, and you'd get the same message in the in the sense of what they're saying in the scene, but I think yeah. what the scene says by having it be that way. Does add stuff to it. Does add extra layers. Do you need those layers? Maybe not. Uh, so I I, th- I would mm. not disagree with someone who was arguing either way whether the nudity was gratuitous or not. Um, uh, but it's 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 definitely a good point, and it, and I think the film is often that, that scene does come up a lot in the discussions in this movie, and I think it's really interesting that a lot of people found that found that to be um, a talking point, and I think that's come up before as well with the director who has kind of said, "Isn't it crazy that people are like." Have more to say about the, my use of nudity in the one scene in this movie, and no one ever has anything to say about the gore and the violence of this movie. <laughs> mm. Says something about like people's like people are like really fixated on whether the se- that scene is gratuitous. No one's asking if the buckets of blood is gratuitous. It's a good point. <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway. Um... I don't have a defense to the Rico being dead stuff by the way. They bring him back no one else can be brought back seemingly. (laughs) No one else gets brought back. They hand wave it away they don't explain it enough Uh, Yeah, It's a a fair point (laughs) It's a weird science fiction thing that's just never really addressed or explained (laughs) It's so so funny how this
1: genre does change your character stuff because like your go to with that or like takeaway from my point of view is like they don't explain it my bigger issue with it is they do it's a great thing to explore like the impact that has on the character what that means for the you know is that going to make yeah, him conflict? So that, is that something we could have used with ace ace could have gone i watched
0: my friend die what the fuck's going on Yeah, like, right you know, I, it's, it's that, yeah because cause the thing is rico can't care because he's indoctrinated now, war is just a part of his life. Rico can't react with horror to it. He has to react. So it is used in the movie to do a character thing, which is how flippantly they all react to it. Hey, dude, you're dead. <laughs> Thumbs up. You know, that's what they do with it. You know, um, and again, it reinforces that idea. So it does have a character purpose. But you're right, like, it would be also good to have the one character that's shown hesitancy around any of this stuff go shit actually my buddy died <laughs> like mm. and he's lucky to be alive <laughs> you know there's definitely room to for it to have been used for that but i think one of the reasons it gets away with it for me is i do think it is still doing character stuff it's just doing something a bit different like than you'd expect Um, uh, because again the characters in this movie are not acknowledging the horrors of war that's the point mm. um yeah. so yeah um we haven't talked about Neil Patrick Harris's character at all. Um, I like him. I like that he's a weird psychic guy. I think that's a really strange choice. I also like right at the beginning of the movie, before we learn he's psychic, he tells Rico that Dizzy fancies him. And at first you just think that's him being a bit perceptive and just sort of noticing that she's looking at him a lot or whatever. But five minutes later you go, oh yeah, he just he he, he he's saying that because he literally knows that because he can see into her head. <laughs> um... That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I like that. I, it's it's weird. The the whole psychic thing is... I don't know. Like, it's not... It, I don't think it's used that much. It almost feels like it, it's there to make sense at the end. Like, when he reads how the bug's feeling. Like, it, it's just not... And again, I think that's... And although, it, I must admit, you know, that scene after the funeral, where mm. he immediately becomes agrees to become the general, part of me even then was like is that uh is that a you know is he controlling him is that that and they do that i don't think it is because they specifically do they then do that at the end when he's like right. oh did i know how to find her because you put it in my head and he's yeah, like which, man, I, which I, can't I, say.
0: I i quite liked actually i thought that was a pretty because because there's a part of me that's going well how does he know where she is and that she's alive because that bit where he goes i just know she's alive and i'm thinking how. How do you know? She's yeah, alive? and it comes it comes immediately after call off the call off the search. She's as good as dead.
1: Like yes, yeah. yeah. So it's, so, yeah, so I quite I quite, well. I quite
0: yeah. like the movie doing something that in, on the surface seems inexplicable and like a cheesy B movie thing that doesn't make any sense, but then actually gives it a, a reason and explains it. But I think the fact that you could believe it it could be as simple as
1: someone in the room happening to go, how does he know where she is? And and how are we gonna do the we know they're definitely scared thing? Well, you know what, let's put a psychic character in. Let's make Dougie How Hel- Dougie Helms a psychic <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I, the fact that it's not so layered that it could have been as simple as that right. makes you go. <laughs> That's
0: fair. That's fair. Um yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I quite like it, but I, I definitely understand that perspective on it. It does, it, it does feel a little bit retroactive, which it, I, I get. Um, yeah, I, oh, oh yeah, I made this note halfway through. The satire in this movie should not be considered subtle because actually, it's really of a. The reason this movie gets it gets considered to being subtle is because it's doing things other movies are doing for real, and that makes it seem normal. <laughs> like. The re- this movie is on like objectively not subtle about its message and satire and it's like what it's mocking from other military program movies. but because those movies are so over the top the fact that this movie is over the top doesn't feel that out of place <laughs> and it should mm.
1: Um, mm, i did write yeah, that, sure. that i thought that was true
0: um, i really liked the way this movie sets up it's action scenes i really like that they do a really good Job demonstrating how upmatched they are constantly. It constantly feels overwhelming to a fault, as we've discussed in Nitpick Corner. Um, but I do like that element of the movie. Um, Rico becoming his mentor is a metaphor for the cycle of violence. Thank you, pretentious Dan from yesterday, who wrote that note. Um, it's it, to him. It's an honour to follow his mentor and. Re, you know, say the same speech his mentor said to him when he got into the roughnecks. You know, I've only got two rules. You know, whatever that speech is. But actually, what it's saying in the context of this film is that he's just a cog in the war machine that rotates fresh meat through a grinder. You teach if you live. Oh no, you, you get in, you get taught. If you live long enough, you become the teacher, and you just cycle through.
1: Yeah, and I think there's also, and you could point, you could point to so much of this movie and go, this is this, but you know, you think an add-on point about Neil Patrick's Har- Neil Patrick Harris's character, he was he was good at maths, he was smart, so he gets to be the one making the decisions about who dies, not the one yes. fighting in the trenches, potentially dying. Neil Patrick Harris is phenomenally less at risk of dying in this movie and shown to be that. Like, literally, even to the point, and again, it's that confliction. When I was first watching the movie, I'm going, well, where the fuck is Neil... Are we going to get some Deus Ex Neil Patrick Harris? Where, Where is this character? And actually, again, the defence is, I think that's to service the point. The point is, we don't see him because he's just off somewhere pulling the strings, right. making this decision and literally mm-hmm. being... The silent safe one, like the yeah. people that you know, you know, like the wars where it's the people in the in the big fancy buildings playing with you know the soldiers' lives. You know, he's he's that figure and it's yeah. very
0: powerful. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um and it's and you know, it's all and it's all comes back to that sentence it's said a few times in this movie till I get killed or you find someone better yeah you know
1: and it's like but how do you feel that's their his right to find someone better (laughs) like to make that judgement call on who's on who's good enough
0: to die terrific yeah oh yeah 100% um last little note I've got Chris music it's really good does sound a little bit like the music from Robocop but I don't care the music from Robocop is amazing (laughs) there you go I just yeah it's really good music um all right. Do you have any overriding thoughts? I mean, my overall thoughts. I still love this movie. Um, there's, I, uh, the, uh, I feel, I, you know, it's definitely. I think it's like very intentionally flawed, but I, I wouldn't disagree with someone who told me that those flaws were a problem for them. Um, I think in general, like, I, I understand why people don't always get this movie. I think I said to you before we started recording, and I've not, I've not said it on recording yet. I think in a weird way, this movie is an acquired taste, um, because it. You you really have to get on board. Mm. Yeah, you, for sure. You know, he he. But yeah, I think... he. You you. If you're if you're sort of if you go along with what the movie's doing, you could potentially have a good time. But I, it's it's not wrong of you to not go along with the movie if you don't want to.
1: No, I think that's that's if you yeah, if, that's absolutely fine. I think. Um,
0: yeah, I and I,
1: I and mean, because actually I think the same is true of RoboCop, and I was more like i said i I'd, I'd i'd watch i i watched this yesterday and you know what i'd probably watch this again now other than watching robocop i i i, I robocop's one of those movies where i recognize its strengths but i just don't particularly have any it, you know i'm not i'm not necessarily going oh i'll watch that again i'll watch the sequels etc um unless the the one thing i would be desperate to see with robocop though is obviously um part human, part robot, all cop, the uh, the dramatization of the making of that movie, um, which I would love to see. Um, the um, I mean, let's be honest
0: though, Chris. You know, I could easily, my next choice, I could just choose Robocop again. We've never discussed the rules. I could... <laughs> but it's i suppose the, the this is the nuclear situation though because you have a threat that you could equally pose to me i could force you to watch robocop again you could easily force me to watch one of the starship troopers sequels yeah, also, like,
1: so. as, as funny as i think the thing is like
0: the if i chose Star starship
1: troopers 2 that's a gag which then does lead to one way or the other an interesting or an entertaining, or well, maybe not entertaining, but the key, the key word, new <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the yeah. the the actual reality of us doing a movie we've already reviewed <laughs> is literally, yeah. No, I was listening to this point, and uh, I listened back to this point, and uh, I disagreed with it. Um, or I listened back to this point, and I still feel that way. <laughs> or way worse than that. Uh, to avoid repeating ourselves. Didn't listen to that other podcast, and here's us naturally repeating ourselves. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, the reality of <laughs> I, doing uh, that. Yeah, I don't. Think I gotta. I'll have to. I'll have to address my feelings on the Starship Troopers sequels, though, because there is a part of me that thinks that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, you
1: know, especially compared to the idea of doing RoboCop again for the safe to make me watch. Yeah, it. yeah. No, I no, I
0: 100 agree with you. There's definitely more merit to doing to doing a Starship Troopers two podcast. I just am like. Yeah, I've got, I've got, have got to atone for my feelings on that, and whether I, for science, I want to put myself through it um, when I've avoided right. it for so long. But if I guess if I was ever going to do it, at least do it for the value of, you know, an, an interesting discussion, because it would be an interesting yeah. discussion. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So may, maybe, um, maybe, maybe I'll think about it. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me mull on that one, and maybe we'll come back to them, because uh, I think there's like, I, I could be wrong, but I think there's like six sequels. <laughs> like, I which is crazy when you think about it.
1: Like I, so to answer your question before we, before we trivet up, um, Mm -hmm. I, I'm less conflicted than I was at the beginning of the podcast, because again, it's that sitting with it, thinking about it. And obviously, you know, we've spent, you know, over two hours thinking about it and talking about it. And I think, you know, I'm what I, that argument. And I, I acknowledge this going in, you know, that argument of, well, it's all in service of the point. I think it's, I think it's a fucking magic trick. I almost think it's unfair <laughs> that you, you know, that you can do that. But I can't deny that I feel that way about every single point. And I, I value the, you know, the genius of some of those points. The genius of, of what Neil Patrick Harris's character represents. The genius of, of the choice to make Dizzy's character arc the same, but she gets the tragic end. You know, the the genius of 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 how disposable those battle scenes are. Uh, how deliberate all of
0: that feels i think is i think particularly strongly with ace like that that was one of my bigger takeaways from this particular viewing was the ace the ace one you know being the only fucking character to actually realize what they're doing (laughs) it's pretty incredible as it goes (laughs) all of that outweighs you know the
1: other stuff but i will say it again not doing any just being like he's alive is nuts and and I think almost more so, uh, like, uh, I, I mean, uh, you, just uh, if you just respond to this quickly, I'm not wrong, am I? They absolutely make it look like Denise Richards is dead and never explain how she survived the fucking yeah, fire coming at her and got away with just a cut
0: in the next scene. <laughs> Unless she had a bath, maybe. She took one of those magic baths and I don't know. <laughs> No, she didn't. They come back and they're like dabbing her head. um No, that's that that one. That one. There's no defence for that's that's just a. There's no commentary on that one. There's no explanation for it. That is just them teasing a death that they weren't willing to commit to. I, 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 you see, that's the difference though. You see, the the Rico one. I go. You're right. It's quick. It's never explained. But at least I get this point out of it. You know, that th- th- they find that he died amusing, <laughs> not horrifying the Denise Richards sort of common death fake out is just a death fake out that's bad movie making that's bad storytelling yeah. there's, there's no d- intention to that because I can't even potentially draw an, you know uh, 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 what that was trying to say you know that can that's an draw... actual moment in the movie that for me just it, and I agree with you just doesn't really work you know can you draw one can you draw one personally
1: to can you make a defence or draw a theme to the fact that the villain is or the, the the character we're told is the villain. The villain to these characters is caught by someone else on screen. Or
0: do you think that's also bad movie making? Or can you draw? Yeah, a it's defense? a little a little bit bad movie making. But it's it's basically that's. Mm. So I think yeah, the villain being caught off screen by a different character isn't great, but it does allow them to do something else. It's not directly related to that, but I think. The um the Clancy Brown character, who's the character that comes back and does that, that's the reveal that he has demoted himself. He has taken a, multiple demotions to be able to be on the front line himself. Because we set up earlier in the movie, he wants to go back to the front line and fight. And they're like, no, you're experienced, we need you as a teacher. Um, and then the next time we see him is saving every, like you know helping save the world by being like on the front line himself so it does give us that moment but you could have slipped that moment in anywhere else <laughs> if i'm being honest mm. um this you could have had him just be part of that final mission kicking ass and had the same roughly quality uh i don't really see why rico couldn't have been part of the capture mm you know, if you want me to believe that by the end of the movie, Rico is like top dog military guy, you know, in that last vignette that they do, you know, Rico seems to be pretty high up now, you know, him and the roughnecks. That's, that will make a lot more sense if they'd successfully completed the mission and it was Rico that had caught the bug.
1: Yeah, especially, you know, most of his because he- amazing military maneuvers are based on, um, you know, his
0: experience on a on a sports team. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Which, by the way, we haven't talked about it. There's a sport in this movie that's been invented. That's like that. You know, there's that, a lot of like it's. It's like gymnastics and football strapped into one. And then he uses several of those moves in fights throughout the the movie, and um, they always look ridiculous. And I kind of love it. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but going back to that ending, um, I think practically speaking, as well. Right, I could hear somebody arguing. Well, wait a minute, though. We don't. We want. We want Rico to go save Carmen because that's like a satisfying character thing in the end. There's a moment of him choosing to save a friend over the war effort, which is actually you know, out of character for him, but then we have that twist of actually he was doing it for the war effort because tactically Dingy knew she was still alive and sent him after her and that was, part of that is what drove the bug out to be caught by Clancy Brown but couldn't couldn't that all have been a lot cleaner if the if the brain bug was still with her character, Carmen, when Rico shows up And he saves the girl and captures the bug in one final action scene. And then you go, well, actually, the reason Neil Patrick Harris sent him there was not because he gave a shit about Carmen's life, but actually because he knew Rico could catch the brain bug if he went. That's cleaner. Yeah, yeah. So I think those two things are like, you know, there's a reason that when you brought up those two points, we ended up talking about other stuff because I agree with those points. You know, it's that same thing we do here on this podcast where sometimes it's like, I agree with everything the person just said, let's move on. <laughs> I don't want to just repeat what you said, but yeah, the Carmen, Carmen surviving the, the the clear, obvious ship explosion, um, madness, with just a tiny cut on her eyebrow or whatever, and um, Clancy Brown's character randomly just saving the day with the brain bug, neither of those are great, <laughs> and I don't really have a defense for them, so I, I, I pretty much agree with you on both of those. Mm. Um, so
1: yeah, so in that case, Dan. Very quickly. <laughs> Let's
0: trivia. it up! I'm going to give you some trivia. And I'm actually going to start with something I've just looked up separate to our normal trivia, because I was curious, actually, how many sequels are there? So there's a trilogy of live-action movies. The Starship Troopers, 1997. Starship Troopers 2, Hero of the Federation, 2004 sequel. And then Starship Troopers 3, The Marauder, which was a 2008 live-action film. Since then, there has been two other sequel films but those were animated. So there was a 2012 uh, animated film called Invasion um, and Starship Troopers Traitor of Mars, which is a 2017 oh. animated film. There was also uh, a TV series called Roughnecks Starship Troopers Chronicles, which was a computer animated TV show set in the same universe as the book rather than the show.
1: I just want to correct as well because I, I just um, looked it up, uh, looked it up myself as we were talking at the end there. It, on, only Only Rico comes back and he's not in the second film. Really? According to the according to the cast page on the Wikipedia, yeah.
0: No, Whether there's still cameos or not. St- still written by Edward Dumeyer, though, I've just noticed. Same writer. Oh, and that same writer wrote and directed the third one.
1: Let me double check again. Casper
0: but... van Casper Van Dyne is back in the uh yeah, in the third one, that's one. what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, I see, yeah, yeah,
1: But he's not he's not in the second one. And he and he appears, at least on that cast grid on Wikipedia, he appears to be the only one. Fascinating.
0: I don't know. Interesting. Anyway, um I want to correct something actually. It says here. Well, Carl, Carl Jackson,
1: Je- Carl Jenkins is in the animated films but not played by neil patrick harris and same with uh same with denise richard's character the character is in there
0: yes but not- the only one i think that returns to the animated films is is that's when they brought uh dina meyer back to voice dizzy for like a video right. scene or something so she's in the animated ones i think um but i wanted to quickly say I, earlier i said you know starship Troopers chronicles a computer animated tv show set in the same universe as the book um that doesn't appear to be correct it's. I think it's in the same universe as the movies Based on the fact it's called Paul Verhoeven Roughnecks, Starship Trooper Chronicles So um, Someone has, has done a boo-boo on the wiki So anyway, um, trivia time Let's trivia it up, give you some trivia, all that jazz Let's trip it up! We already did it. <laughs> we'll give you some trivia uh, Right. So, Edward Newmyer, the writer of this movie Was writing an original script Called Bug Hunt at, out- at Outpost 9 When similarities Between this and the Robert A. Heinlein novel were pointed out So, rather than adjusting his novel to be different, they simply optioned the novel and licensed the name so they could just keep doing it. (laughs) So, because the movie originated from an unrelated script with names and superficial details from the book being then added retroactively, there are many, many differences between the book and the film. Um, So, I just want to clarify that I'm not going to go into those differences because... Character names have been maintained, and a couple of plot elements, I guess, just through na- by nature, because it was originally that they were similar to start with, but there's almost nothing else that's the same as the book. So so
1: it's, it's nowhere near as faithful
0: as World War Z, then, is what you're saying. <laughs> um, I stand by my criticism of World War Z, because I think World War Z, and I said this at the time, and I said it just a few minutes ago, is a fine film. It just should not be called World War Z. It's a possible film. It's just not. It's not an adaptation of World War Z. A little bit true here with Starship Troopers, and that's extra true, Chris, when you realise that director Paul, he- Paul Verhoeven admits to of never finishing the novel. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. He he read through the first few chapters and became both bored and depressed, calling it a right wing book. Uh, that's what he told Vampire Magazine. He told screenwriter Edward Neumeyer to just tell him the rest of the book. <laughs> For Homer and Numai then decided that while both the novel and its author strongly supported a regime led by a military elite, they would turn the concept around and satirise it, making the film a hyperbole, a hyperbole, whatever, we we'll go with hyperbole, that's the way it should have said it, uh, just you know, reading, uh, of contemporary American politics and culture. Now, diehard fans of the book feel that the filmmakers mis- have misunderstood the original book. And that actually, the guy that wrote that book was a libertarian who opposed conscription and militarism. He was just interested in sort of exploring what would happen in a society led by a military rather than a government. Um, But he wasn't specifically advocating it. He was just sort of speculating, could that system exist? Um, I don't know. I've never read the book. But I think, you know... Paul Verhoeven came out of the feeling that the, the the book was pretty fascist. He's he said that a few times. He grew up in Nazi Germany. I reckon he's I reckon he's probably got a good eye for that sort of thing. <laughs> I just you know I'm going to trust the director in this case and suggest that maybe the book isn't whether the intention of the author or not. I think probably not great. <laughs> so yeah. 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 Um. Little alternate potential director at one point before Verhoeven was on board. They nearly brought in James Cameron. Uh, I don't think I would have been interested in seeing that
1: movie. Nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think James Cameron has proven that he's he's his 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 approach to um, lampooning the military industrial complex is uh, pretty on the nose and not very interesting. He
1: is. He is. He does have a strength, though, in making movies appear to work, even though the character work is non-existent.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. His movies make money. Starship Troopers would have been much more successful as James Cameron directed it. I'm sure, yeah. um, but it certainly would have been a, a worse film. I think. I think. I. I. I what I like about okay. Verhoeven is like he just does not give a shit. Like he's. 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 He makes these singularly visioned movies and does not have any real compunction about making them appeal to wide audiences he's like it's going to be a challenging movie you can either get on board with it or you can't that's also fine (laughs) like Mm. i think that's there's something quite good about a director quite so singularly minded um So, in the DVD commentary, um, he states his intentions a little bit more clearly. So, he says the film's message is that war makes fascists of us all to the point where he very deliberately evoked Nazi Germany's fashion, iconography, and propaganda because he saw it as a natural evolution of the post-World War II United States. I've heard this film nicknamed All Quiet on the Final Frontier, um... Uh, I see, that's what, that's just something he said that they've put in here. Uh, Screenwriter Neumeyer broadly concurs, though, and very much sees the film as a satire on human history rather than solely the US, though. So they they both look at it from different perspectives. Verhoeven kind of sees it as a satire of specifically US culture. I feel like Neumeyer feels it's more of a commentary on just human history in general and how across the world we keep slipping into these. Um, but on the point of the uniforms, yeah, nearly every military uniform has... German, military, and SS references. Um, The flag of the Federation itself is actually has a symbol that's very closely resembles the Imperial Eagle from World War II Germany. Not
1: subtle. No, (laughs) on that particular debate, I'd fall on the side personally of it's the whole world history, not just specifically the US.
0: Yes, and I think that's interesting because I think that actually leads into what I was talking about earlier. The movie is working on two levels. There's an element of the movie that's making fun of... uh, a worldwide leaning to militarization and fascism and all that stuff that we've you know we've we've fought uh, as a society across history, but also because the story is being told through the medium of film, Verhoeven is also doing a separate meta commentary on American war films. So it makes sense to me that Verhoeven's perspective is U.S focus because US, the US really does make those movies a lot more than I think well who knows actually I, you know, I can't say I've seen all the movies that come out of all the various countries that exist but I think there's something very specific about the tone of this movie and what it's sort of partially parodying is these sort of like pro-war movies that come out of the states mm. but that's really in the direction and the style and the, the way he's doing that that's not really from the script so it makes sense to me that the script is focused on the script is focused on the more worldwide satire of actual fascist ideals and the movie is more interested in parodying or satirizing pro-military movies so what a what a perfect uh, sort of melding of director and writer this ended up being (laughs) yeah for sure for absolute sure yeah um i think um it, oh, this was interesting so uh verhoeven and screenwriter had uh oh we were talked about this actually so I, I'll, I'll cover this but yeah there's not much more detail uh verhoeven and uh, neumeier had unprecedented freedom in making this movie because management at sony was changing so often and by the time any actual studio executives took time to look at the footage verhoeven had basically compiled a rough cut of the movie and it was almost done <laughs> so <laughs> sorry of, like, sony great.
1: <laughs> That's another. That's like in, in the same vein as the
0: piece of trivia before it. Like that worked out.
1: They lucked out there. There's a lot of that with this. Yeah, they, they did.
0: In, yeah, in terms of the quality of the movie, for sure. But in terms of the movie's box office performance, maybe less so. <laughs> well, well yeah, fair. fair. Um, several actors were considered for the for for the role of Johnny Rico, including James Marsden, Keanu Reeves, Mark Wahlberg, Josh Brolin, and Jason Priestley. Um, I don't think I'm interested in seeing any. Maybe uh, maybe Marsden.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say maybe Marsden
0: of all of them, but nah. Yeah, mostly I'm I'm happy with who we got. Um, Nev Campbell and Rebecca uh, Rebecca Gayhart were considered for the part of Carmen, were both t- too busy doing Scream Two. I find that really hilarious that they weren't just both busy; they were both busy making the same fucking movie. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, I enjoy that. Um, so. Let's. I, this, this piece of trivia is should be just. Paul Verhoeven's a lunatic. Oh, we should clarify. Actually, we talked a lot about the struggles and the stresses and the difficulties on the set of RoboCop. Everyone was miserable. No one was happy. It was a nightmare shoot. The movie is great, in my opinion. But a lot of people suffered to make that movie happen. I should clarify here. Not so much of a problem on this movie. Um, you know there are definitely there were definitely disagreements on set, and you know. several actors have done interviews which i've not covered in in the trivia where they talked about getting you know frustrated and angry at times when things weren't going his way or whatever but like nothing anywhere near the misery on the set of robocop um i wanted to clarify that because we, we that was such a point when we did the trivia for robocop this movie did not anywhere near have a struggle of a production uh, so that yeah that's 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 step one i guess no one was really paying too much attention to them it sounds like <laughs> anyway they were just doing their thing um but this one this blows my mind it just makes me think all verhoeven sets are just madness so director paul verhoeven and stars dina mayer and casper van dyne have confirmed separately that verhoeven and cinematographer jost uh vacano shot the co-ed shower scene while nude themselves sorry (laughs) what (laughs) on the day of the shoot verhoeven had asked the cast to do a little sort of fashion show without fashion so they would be comfortable being naked because the point of the scene is obviously that there's no it's not a big deal that they're all naked they're not sexualizing themselves that's literally the purpose of the scene so he wanted the, the cast to be very comfortable once they shot it when the cast showed some reluctance to disrobe Verhoeven asked them what the big deal was to which um, Dina Meyer who plays Dizzy said Paul if it's no big deal why don't you do it very unexpectedly he immediately undressed as did um, the cinematographer Jost Volcano Um, and while initially shocked um, you know they, they all had a laugh and then the scene was filmed without any problems there's something oh, kind God. of, there's something right that like this movie. I've never felt so conflicted about a piece of trivia. <laughs> yeah, because
1: on the what you know what it is. I think that's one of those things where the fact that they've all said it was fine, the fact that they kind of appreciated it, the fact that it worked, the fact that it did actually make everyone feel more comfortable yes. is great. But at the same yes. time, fundamentally. <laughs>
0: He's whipping his dick out. Which is never good. <laughs> I just love the idea of anyone repeating this story to a person from Sony's HR. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine that. Wait, sorry. So, the director took his clothes off while he filmed you. <laughs> it's nuts, isn't it? It's pretty crazy. I, I feel a little bit... Um yeah i feel conflicted about that because i if it worked and it made everyone way more comfortable and we you know and and no one minded and absolutely fine and there's no you know no harm in it like that great but like it's just a part of me that thinks just something sounds off about that whole thing well it's that I classic it's, it's it's that it's that common thing of like just
1: because everyone was comfortable doesn't mean it wasn't wrong <laughs> right but agreed yeah, but that's a exactly. uh, but you know that's a uh, it and it, it now 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 that we're you know we know more about these things, and and to some degree, the film industry has changed. Now it would be it would be wrong for any film to have any kind of sex scene and not have an intima- intimacy intimacy cook coordinator. But that, unfortunately, tragically, wasn't a thing
0: in 1997. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while we're on the subject of nudity, actually, um, Denise Richards had there was a there was a script. So the original script didn't have a nude scene but an d- updated draft did. Um, that, that he'd wanted to include a love scene at some point in the movie. The, 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 you know, the script's always evolving. And she basically said, uh, no. Um, it was Not only was it her first big budget film, but she just didn't think the nude scene was related to her character or really the, the, the had any point. So she just turned it down. Now, I've never done this before, Chris, but I'm going to call out the person who wrote this piece of trivia as a misogynist and a piece of shit. <laughs>
1: right, because why? the way How? they've written A3? it, yeah.
0: because the the way they've written it, Chris, is Denise Richards refused to do a topless scene that wasn't in the original script. Yeah, fine. Um, well, during filming, director Paul Verhoeven told her that he'd written a new scene for her, including a love scene which would require nudity, um, despite the fact this is only her first big-budget big, uh, big film. She still said no, even though it could have hurt her career because she didn't think her being nude related to the character or the movie. Thumbs up, writer of trivia. Stop there, because what they then add, but she did then go topless for a sex scene a year later in Wild Things, and she posed fully nude for Playboy in 2004 when her career faltered. Right. Jesus! Jesus. Right. Two things. Um, Just because someone... Just because someone chooses not to do it In a certain circumstance. When they didn't feel it's right. They didn't feel comfortable with it. They didn't think it was needed. In the movie they thought it was gratuitous. Doesn't mean. That at a later point. In their career. They might feel more comfortable to do it. That they might feel. Like it's more relevant to the plot. And more needed. For the context of the movie. I. Think. We should respect that choice. I don't yeah, think sticking your little I don't think sticking your little dig at the end at the fact that she did it later on has any bearing on the fact she chose not to there. And then particularly adding the when her career faltered bit, yeah, implying that the only reason she did it was for um uh, you know, because her career was struggling. Um a fuck you to the writer yeah, of that big, piece of trivia. A big fuck Just you. That's Fuck you all the way. Um, I'm not saying anything in that is technically wrong in the sense of she probably did then do a uh, a topless scene in Wild Things. I've I've not seen that movie, but I'm not not suggesting the trivia is necessarily inaccurate. Um, I'm suggesting the person who wrote it is a prick. Yeah, for sure. And a misogynist. Cool. Skeezy little piece of shit. Moving on. Um, I've never had to do that before. I've never thought too much about the people who write these trivia, but that person arsehole um, <laughs> uh, most of the Arachnids of appearing on film are CGI but a few life-sized robotic models were built however, during many of the battle scenes the way they ended up working out a lot of the actors ended up just looking up at director Paul Verhoeven himself, who would stand in front of them jump up and down and scream at them while chasing them with a broom to elicit reactions uh, and attempting to you know, generate fear um, of a you know, of a thing um, uh, Clancy Brown has affectionately described the director as a nutbag
1: I think that's fair from all we're hearing
0: <laughs> yeah apparently he said he was jumping up and down with a bullhorn yelling I'm a big fucking bug I'll kill you <laughs> Clancy Brown did add that this was not as weird as it seems as I love the guy he was, very, he was a lot of fun so he, you know Clancy Brown clearly not, not offended by those By that that choice, but it is becoming clear across the trivia for these two movies that we've done of Paul Verhoeven's that he's a lunatic.
1: Well, I just think like Paul, the director's role is not to just to do if if there's a question over something, not to just jump in and do it yourself. Like Mm. like it wouldn't surprise me if you were like. and uh next you want the next piece of trivia chris oh yeah i'd love the next piece of trivia chris okay cool um one day the catering department produced um sandwiches that the cast weren't particularly too fond of uh so paul went ahead uh ordered a load of ingredients and spent the rest of the afternoon making sandwiches himself like (laughs) chill out buddy like don't don't worry about it
0: like yeah. Oh, we don't want to yeah, get, he's, naked. He's he's get extremely, naked. He is extremely hands on, isn't he? <laughs> it, certainly it seems that way anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, poster
1: <laughs> for Star Starship Troopers, um, the person, the uh graphic designer, had a bit of a cold that day. Um so the poster was created by Paul. <laughs> he also he also uh whilst sat there, someone else in the room said, God, I can't believe what happened with that nude scene, Paul. And Paul said, why? And he said, well, just, you know, it seems a bit uncomfortable. And he said, I'll, I'll prove it's not uncomfortable. And he designed that poster with his dick out. Like...
0: <laughs> he does... He, yeah, he's an interesting character. Actually, to the point where, and this is the next piece which is good, the, the audio commentary for the movie, was one of the very first to be accompanied by a disclaimer stating that the opinions in the commentary belong to the speaker and don't reflect the opinions of the studio. Now, that disclaimer has since become standard practice as a protective measure, but I think it's very telling that they put that at the front of the one with Paul Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, on set, Neil Patrick Harris's character was often referred to as Doogie Himmler. Whenever he wrote, wore the military, the- <laughs> whenever he wore the military intelligence uniform, as it bore a striking resemblance to the SS uniform. Obviously, this is a joke because Harris played Doogie Howser on TV, and it's obviously a reference to um, the SS leader Heinrich Himmler. Um, forevermore, yeah. Doogie has- Doogie Himmler will live in my brain. Has Neil Patrick Harris ever played like a normal, like just a
1: guy, just a normal <laughs> character? No. But do you no. know what I mean, though. Like he's he's just yeah. he, even in even in films like this and maybe Gone Girl, where at first he appears normal, you then discover yeah. he's he's yeah. crazy. Like I feel like you know mm. they're either always Olaf or they turn into Olaf, and and Barney's the same. For anyone going, well, what about Barney? Barney's like. Yeah, this uh, suit-wearing uniform, uh, appalling to women character. Like he's Neil Patrick Harris has never just played like a guy, just a dude. Just like, oh yeah, he's he's just you know he's cool. He's a dude. Uh, I don't uh, no, think no, of, um, it's, it's a, a sin. sin. Yeah, yeah. It's I a was sin. just about to yeah.
0: say he played a, a reasonably normal character, and it's a sin. Oh god, one of the most. Like, God, the tragic, like, like, of like obviously, character. like, a, like yeah. a, like, quite a, like a fun, energetic character with a lot of personality, but not like a complete like weirdo, like some of these other characters he's played. I,
1: I genuinely, even still now, like, I'll be, I'll be just walking through life, just getting on with my day, just not, not in any way, even thinking about TV, and still have moments where I'll just to myself, to no one, just go, fucking hell, it's a sin, was great, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, what so, a show. Absolutely so good.
0: Um so during um uh during the training scene, the two characters that are involved in the shooting, um So Tijana and Breckenridge is the one who's who's killed accidentally. Um, those two actors um met on this movie and uh they're together now and have a child <laughs> that's great it, but it's just so funny to me it's, the, it's the, literally the character that pulls the trigger and the character that dies and those two actors ended up together I just enjoy that yeah that's great yeah imagine that mummy daddy how did you meet uh, let's show them the scene <laughs> I think in um, that instance if they're that young you'd probably just say it on a movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, I was, I was doing a joke, but yes, agreed. No, I no, agree. No, 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 no. I was, do, I was doing a funny, or I was trying to do a funny. It's more accurate description. Um, yeah, this is. I love this. Um, despite the fact they're playing high school graduates at the beginning, Casper Van Dyne, Dina Meyer, and Patrick Muldoon were all about twenty nine when they made the film. Um, look, it's a movie that spans multiple years. They have to grow into adults. If you'd hired actual teenagers, it would have been even more ridiculous later on. Yes, I think that's fair. All right, so uh special segment for our trivia this week, Chris, called Tell Me Who Didn't Get Hurt on This Movie. <laughs> um, every major member of the cast got hurt in some way in this movie, um, in varying ways. Let's talk about it. Uh, so Casper Van Dyne really did punch Patrick Muldoon by accident in the face. When giving him a bloody lip during a fight scene, during the during the fight scene in the space station, uh, Muldoon stated in an interview that Casper "quote unquote" hits hard. Um, Now I've looked into (laughs) it; those two are actually quite good. Those two are quite good friends in real life, Um, so that's he's obviously that's there's no that's not a he hits hard like a bitter man, you know, Mm -hmm. frustrated that he got hit in the movie or anything like that. That's that's clearly a friendly little little jibe at the fact that he accidentally hit him. So everyone's cool with it. (laughs) I just want to clarify. Um, no animosity there uh, During the scene where Michael Ironside's character Falls into the hole and gets his leg bitten off um, Dina Meyer Hit her head, was knocked unconscious And suffered a concussion yeah. cool. So we're just, we've just we got we've got Xander and we've got Dizzy They're all hurt now, let's see who else gets hurt uh, During filming, Jake Busey, who played Ace Suffered heat stroke after working all day In a 120 degree desert sun uh, This stopped production for nearly a week Uh, When he recovered, large holes were cut into his uniform, and it sounds like many other cast member suits received modifications to prevent further cases. Um, uh, On average, there were about 25 people per day being treated for heat stroke during the filming of the desert scenes.
1: That's rough. Yeah, that Um, sounds awful.
0: So now we've got Ace. We've added Ace. We've got Xander. We've got uh, we got um, Dizzy. Let's see who else got hurt on this movie. Oh, yeah. Casper Van Dyne broke a rib um, when he came <laughs> off the tanker bug. Um, he also, when he landed, his gun hit him in the face and chipped two of his teeth. Add him to the list. Add to the list. Um, last one. Uh, Dina Mayer accidentally shot one of the guns near Jake Busey Chase. <laughs> He just can't get a break, this is his second one um, She actually Unfortunately blew his eardrums out uh, Now luckily he was wearing ear protection Because they were using blanks Which are loud, um, so he didn't receive The full brunt um, And didn't receive any permanent damage um, I imagine The emphasis on the word permanent in that text Suggests he did receive a certain amount Of temporary damage And loss God, of hearing, wow. which is brutal <laughs> Yeah. So there you absolutely. go, that's the end of my new segment. Who the hell didn't get hurt on this movie? Because pretty much go. every fucking did. Great segment, Dan <laughs> Good, thank you. I'm glad you liked it. Um some stats. You would like some stats? Got some numbers? Mm. Give me the numbers. Um more ammunition was used in this movie than any other movie on record up to this point. I don't know about after. The, the, this, this this record doesn't have that detail, but according to veteran weapons coordinator R- Robert the Rock Galotti... Uh, sorry, mate, there's only one person that gets The Rock as a, as a, as a nickname, but all right. Um, the crew apparently expended over 300,000 blanks during filming, which was an absolute record, at least at the time. Um, the film had about 1,400 extras, which is bonkers. and So many extras. Um, 17 gallons of fake blood. Also insane. Um, and uh, 256 characters die on screen in the movie, which is approximately 96 more than the number of glasses Daniel Radcliffe went through during the course of the Harry Potter movies. I couldn't give a straight face. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you also, I don't believe, did it last week. <laughs> Yeah, I probably forgot it. I, I, look, I'm just doing it when I feel like it now. I'll just do it when yeah, I feel the, like That Yeah, that was good. And, and, that was a very good way of doing it. That was very nicely done, I have to say. <laughs> there you go. the um, so, uh, the battle gear, the suits that were made for this movie, were reused a bunch, um, and have been seen in many things. seen notably, or things. noticeably, you or most noticeably, you like you it's you know every now you then you'll see it's like it's like it's like "Did you it's know like the suits from Starship Troopers were it's used it's And it's always uh, Power Rangers: it's Lost Galaxy. And Firefly, so very famously in Firefly, the um, suits worn by the—I um, forgot what the name of the evil government in Firefly is called—but their their troops on the train in the train job episode are all wearing literally Starship Trooper uniforms because they were they already existed and were therefore cheap as free <laughs> to the studio because <laughs> they just had them. Uh, but they, yeah, those suits—they made so many of them that they just been reused bunch of times that's cool that they were used in
1: power rangers that's exciting
0: yeah i don't i'm not familiar with that series lost galaxy which one was that? no it
1: was the first it was the first although i think there was i think maybe and skull were in some way connected but it was the first i believe it was the first series of them completely not necessarily even though there was maybe one subtle thing it wasn't the ongoing story it was the first of the well we're gonna we're gonna do disconnected stuff every year. Well, whilst whilst Zio Turbo and in Space were separate, you know, new zords, new whatever. Each year they were they were telling telling a continuous story. Whereas sort of Lost Galaxy is is really stepping away from that and sort of not that ongoing narrative. That's when it really that's probably the beginning of it truly becoming a different thing each year. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I remember. I vaguely remember that era because that's kind of when I drifted away, but there you go. Um so, uh in the uh timeout sequence during the jump ball game when they're like when you know, uh Rico's all distracted because he's his his girlfriend seems interested in another guy. <laughs> um um the scene where they're talking strategy and and Rico's not really paying attention and 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 Dizzy like smacks him around the head um apparently um that wasn't in the script she actually smacked him and that really his response was completely genuine <laughs> so that's quite fun um you know he's wearing a helmet she's, she's not hurting it but it's quite fun that that is that is a genuine reaction uh um, yeah. it makes sense because when you watch it it's, it's a it is a really good reaction so yeah um for the scene where Dizzy gets killed by the by the bug, uh, Dina Meyer argued with director Verhoeven on her character screaming after being stabbed because uh, she was sort of saying when the claw comes out of her chest, there should be no air in her lungs for her to emit a scream. She wanted it to be authentic. Uh, Verhoeven's response was to simply tell her to just scream. <laughs> this guy, I don't know. I've got such mixed feelings on Verhoeven. <laughs> It's so dismissive. I'm looking. Just I'm, I'm looking at the, the other filming page. Like see if there's anything else we can get in. <laughs> Incredible. Um, several scenes were filmed following Carmen coming to grips with the supposed death of Johnny Rico. Um, and then starting a relationship with Xander. However, test audiences hated her character for hooking up with another man so soon after the death of her former lover, and were very vocal about it. The scenes were subsequently deleted. Although a relationship between Carmen and Xander is still implied throughout the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, I think, I think like, that's the. I think that's better. It's better, it, but come on, they literally they only
1: the only reason they don't kiss in the movie is because a fucking asteroid appears. <laughs> right. Uh,
0: yeah. Correct. It's not. They've not. They've not exactly completely done away from it. Done away with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, yeah. I I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, did you know? It's funny how that one change clearly made test audiences change their mind about it, and it's 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 just funny how people can ignore what they don't want to see. If they didn't like the idea that she would do that, if they take out the overt kiss, then you can. If you'd like, you can just assume that they weren't actually together. Yeah. Kind of placating everyone. Um, to avoid getting an NC-17 rating, only four seconds had to be trimmed from a decapitation during the last battle at the whiskey outpost base. However, four set those four seconds were reinserted, absolutely inexplicably, in a version that was aired on the FX network at some point. Baffled. <laughs> no I idea why. I did wonder
1: because this this strikes me as a film that is probably shown on television before watershed, and I was I was like intrigued to see. Like what? What they do about the boobs, the gore, and all that sort of stuff?
0: <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I, I assume. I... You, you cut around it, you, you you blur it. I don't know. I have no idea. Hmm. Maybe it just isn't shown before Watershed because it is a very gory movie. Um, yeah, true. In, in the UK, it is very hilariously uh, available on Disney Plus. The sequels are not because the sequels were made entirely from I think Sony's end. But this was a the first one was a di- code production or at least through distribution. Disney distributed the movie through Touchstone Pictures and therefore had rights to it, which is why it's on Disney Plus in the UK. But it is kind of hilarious that this movie is on Disney Plus. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but don't forget we can. I I'd be intrigued to see if you can access it if you're not if you've not got your settings to show adult the adult content. I wonder. Um, uh,
0: yeah, no, almost certainly you can't, right? Because it's yeah. It, yeah, yeah. I'd be sh- shocked. Apparently in the UK, I don't think this is in my truth, but apparently in the UK the movie got a fifteen rating when it came in cinemas, but they actually regretted that choice and felt it really deserved an eighteen. So when it came out on home video, they gave it an eighteen. They bumped it up. Mm, fair enough. Um, so apparently, uh, the cow that was killed by the arachnid in the media commercial was a completely digital thing. So the censoring, when removed, as you can see in a bonus feature of the DVD, shows that what actually occurs behind the, the censoring bar is just a big spray that's spraying blood everywhere. <laughs> just a hose that's just putting blood everywhere. Um, the cow, obviously, was a completely CGI creation that's fun, yeah um, besides uh, Rico, Ace is the only one of Rico's squad mates from boot camp to actually survive the movie, uh, we already talked about that but yeah, it's in my triff. Uh maybe that's where I where I knew that for sure um, the movie did not fare well in the states, budget was about 105 million, the box office um, about 121 million worldwide um with a fifty fifty four million domestic, uh, it probably broke even, probably broke even or close to it, with when when you add marketing. Um, that's not, not great. Um, but I do think it's interesting that it's had multiple sequels. Um, and I, I do think that says something about how people have come to love the movie over time Uh, and actually that is what the last couple bits of trivia relate to Um, critical reaction to the film at the time was towards the negative the washington post savaged the film for its perceived glorification of nazi symbolism and total totalitarian regimes analysts noted that after a strong 20 22 million opening weekend the poor critical reception was actually very likely for the 50% drop in revenue during the film's first week in cinema. So basically opening weekend, it looked like it was going to do quite well financially, the movie. But then all the reviews came out, and the next weekend it had a big drop, 50%. Um, First signs of critical reappraisal came in 2001, when parallels were noted between the war on terror in Afghanistan and the film's sort of patrolling marines on the bug planet in 2012 slant magazine ranked the film 20th on its list of 100 best films of the 90s Uh, in 2017 the guardian claimed that this is no longer science fiction it has become reality (laughs) um in the 2020 david roth of the new yorker has praised the film as being visionary and has said it eerily predicted the past decade of decadence decay and rising institutional violence and unrestricted bad taste agreed yeah, so to the director's dismay obviously when it initially came out the major- the majority of american critics failed to see the film's precisely calibrated irony accusing the director of being guilty of right-wing tub thumping. <laughs> um he says we were accused by the washington post of being neo-nazis. Um he says Abs- obviously still irked. It was tremendously disappointing they couldn't see uh that all I have done is ironically create a fascist utopia. The uh the english got it though. Uh, I remember going out of Heathrow and seeing the posters, which was great. Um, they were just stupid lines about uh, war from the movie. I thought, finally, someone knows how to promote this. In America, they promoted it as another bang-bang movie. Mm, yeah, that's yeah, that could be part of it, too. We hadn't really considered that mm. possibility. But yeah, mar- marketing matters, too, right? If you promote it as a action movie, people go in with that expectation. They might not see the satire.
1: Especially as you could easily promote this as essentially Star Wars, and and actually the beginning would throw you off not because not because of um, even necessarily all the propaganda stuff, but I think the beginning could throw you off because it feels like Star Wars but a, a teen movie, <laughs> and again, I think right. very deliberate. It's a teen movie because then the true horror of who these people become is is intensified yeah. by them by it feeling like. A teen movie at the beginning um but i think if you were going in expecting star wars at the beginning you'd be like am
0: i getting american pie <laughs> like what's happening here so yeah yeah agreed Um uh, last little thing uh director paul verhoven's favorite movie of his own so when asked what his favorite movie he's done is and he's done quite a lot he's got quite a prolific film career he said it's this one um and then i added this because again chris just questioning the 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 writer of the trivia. Someone thought it was ad- appropriate to add to the trivia on IMDb uh, that this is Macaulay Culkin's favorite movie. I think
1: that's fine. I think that's great trivia. <laughs> I'm so I'm so on board with that.
0: Uh, I guess so. Yeah, fine, sure. Um, now we're running out of time because I, I've only got to this office for so long um, today. Um, Chris, hmm. I don't have cars exist. I'm very sorry mm-hmm. about that. So we're sort of forced to straight away. Any final thoughts on this movie, and then find out where we're going. We just we just got to do it because I, I. It feels weird. It feels weird to not have cars exist, but there are no cars in this movie. I could have spaceships exist, but then none of these spaceships are spaceships. Like they're not like they're they're spaceships. They're invented. They're just they're not, None of them are like a specific design or spaceship from anything else. Apparently, there's a toy Millennium Falcon in the background of one of the scenes. Sure. Oh, that's cool. It's a good
1: reference. Mm-hmm. People exist. But there are
0: people in this movie. There you go. We've named some <laughs> you of them. There you go. There you go. Bugs exist. There's cockroaches in this movie. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um cool. I I um, so uh, let's 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 wrap it up. final thoughts? This is a long yeah, one. Yeah, I
1: think just what that's I said before we started the triv, really. I think we kind of did that. Like I I less conflicted than I was, um, because I think the 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 point that it's making is so strong and so well highlighted and there's so many things that are so incredibly deliberate um it you know it outweighs the the madness of the fake out death and and stuff like that so yeah i i think my that's not as eloquent as as what i said because i kind of uh you know see 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 earlier um i think uh yeah i i those those are my big overriding thoughts
0: well in that case then where are we going well, what about next? you? Or do you have the same oh, answer? Uh, see, see it uh, earlier. <laughs> well, I, yeah, no, I, I, I honestly still maintain this is basically a masterpiece. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's what happens when a studio stops fiddling with, a, a, a vi- like a, a director with such a clear vision. I don't I hate calling someone a visionary. But, like, in many ways, Verhoeven is. Like, for all of his faults, seemingly as a person, he's clearly a lunatic. Um, <laughs> you know, he's worked on many a uh, stressful set, and, you know, he's done some weird shit. Um, and I'm sure, you know, if it came out tomorrow that he was some sort of, like, monster, I, I, I'd be like, yeah, maybe, I guess. Like, it doesn't... Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he he's probably a very nice guy, but, like, there's all... You know, neither, neither answer would surprise me with him. Um, but in terms of his creativity and his output as a, as a creative, like, he, he's such he's got such a clear sense of identity in in his movies when he's allowed to when the, when the studio leaves him alone whether by accident or on purpose he creates really really good stuff he he really does understand what it is he's doing and i think you know this is basically a masterpiece it's 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 a really really top tier film and i think it is a shame that it's been misunderstood by so many for so long Um, and i would encourage anyone who hasn't seen it to watch it although if you've listened this far then you you, you've had the entire movie spoiled so so you know shame on you but yeah i big recommend i think everyone should watch this movie Uh, i I still love it i loved i loved it when i was younger i love it even more now um it totally holds up very very entertaining on top of being all that clever stuff people should see it i'd i definitely recommend it as well um in terms of in terms
1: of where we're going dan i'm doing i'm doing a bit of an seo choice my friend uh, because this the, the next next week's podcast uh, goes up on Patreon, I believe on the sixteenth, and it goes up online on the twenty third of uh, of May. Uh, on the nineteenth of May, uh, a sequel is released. So we're going we're going back to the beginning, Dan. We're going back to family, and we are
0: doing the Fast and the Furious. Oh, very interesting choice. Um and is that, specifically is, is, to clarify, is fast x really coming out around that date
1: Yep, fast x is out on the nineteenth of May, and the patreon version of the next episode is the sixteenth and the 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 youtube online Spotify 23rd. version is the twenty third so it seemed wow. it seemed it seemed a a logical choice um and just to you know it's probably obvious, but just to clarify, so we 're definitely clear we're talking about the very first movie, the Fast and the Furious, not just fast and furious or the face of the furious <laughs>
0: We're talking about that first the first movie oh, man. i'm excited that's a good choice I, you told me last week it was a bad movie i uh, no, i said it
1: i said i said i wasn't like it could be i wasn't sure uh, whether okay. it's a, and i and um, i'm still and i'm not i'm not going into i'm not going in confident that the fast and the furious holds up for you <laughs> uh,
0: look there's got to be something to it right I don't know, man. Like they're, they're stealing DVDs. <laughs> like, who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the rule. You steal DVDs for a bit, and then you become a superhero. That's the path. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am also aware because obviously we've not, you know, we've not done a Bond,
1: we've not done a Marvel. I don't know. You know, we have this thing of the, of, you know, with Toy Story, we might gradually make our
0: way through. I am aware. I think I'm. I'm setting us You are, you are on... setting us on a path where we're going to be doing like a Fast and the Furious movie every year, basically, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily
1: because we haven't done a Toy Story movie every year. We haven't done that really. But there, only, but there are that... only
0: there are only three of those. We could Four. do one. Oh, three this... sequels. Yeah, yeah. There are only three more of those. We could do one every other season of Rewind Reviews and still like reasonably get you know get them within a reasonable time frame. There are like there are ten of these. Yeah, I <laughs> we, think. We're I pretty much gonna is... have to do on every series if we ever want to get through them.
1: <laughs> I think this is um oh we could have done it as a series, couldn't we? Because doesn't it end with eleven?
0: Oh well, it's too late now. But the um I don't know if oh, I can is... do that again. Although I will say, and this is no one's ever gonna hear this gets the end of this podcast, but I'm I'm really glad we did those Harry Potter ones now in hindsight because I feel like I've put Harry Potter behind me. Like I feel like doing those purged me of Harry Potter in a way I wasn't expecting.
1: Yeah, it's funny, and it's, a, it's 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 funny, the, the um, well, this is a much bigger topic, and we haven't got time, but, uh, well, I will loop back around, but just to finish the fast thing, so yes, this potentially is, I think, the biggest, the the longest running franchise we have started, as it were, you know, I don't yeah, think we've, yeah, yeah. Uh, other than obviously Harry Potter, the Wizarding World, to give it its uh, correct title, technically, um, I don't think we've done the series with this many movies because we've not done a marvel we've not done a bond uh, etc yeah. um yes it's funny I, i've been really fascinated by like uh, it feels such a huge thing in our world correctly the the discord about jk rowling you know so ingrained in 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 the you know the people i follow talking about ooh, sorry i hit my mic the people i follow on youtube talking about and it being such a big thing but it's it's so funny like cancel culture because i i have mates that just aren't ingrained in that at all posting regularly online about how much they're enjoying hogwarts legacy the game <laughs> like and i'm just like Wait. oh it's so funny because my main discord around Hogwarts Legacy the game is people going I'm sorry I can't do it I just can't I
0: can't do it I'm not doing it which is where I landed which is where you're at at. yeah yeah. as much as which is as much and that's crazy because when I was younger and into like really at my height of my love of Harry Potter that's the dream that game Mm. wander around Hogwarts enroll in classes explore go to Hogsmeade all that stuff like that was like yeah that was it you know it's nuts but now I'm just like yeah I yeah. I'm not interested in playing that. The only time I'll, the only time I'd consider playing that game is if they put it on Game Pass for free. Mm. But yeah, That's like, there
1: you go. So, anyway. but so uh, the key thing is, the Fast and the Furious is next, baby
0: beautiful right well if you want to hear that now head over to the patreon for as little as one dollar a month you can hear episodes of this podcast and our other podcast analyzing avatar one week early you can also get access to bonus podcast um we've already talked about it so we can say hey there's a podcast we've got putting up called nothing but lyrics where we just review the lyrics of a random song um for, we've already rec- we've recorded two of them at the stage of recording this and they're, they're they're quite fun so yeah, check those out if you're already on the Patreon you can also get access to the Discord through the Patreon uh, which is why Chris keeps saying Discord is that a Discourse, which I think is funny um, <laughs> all the yeah, Discord around true. JK Rowling <laughs> I am doing that, you're right yeah, I didn't notice that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but there is yeah we have a discord server you can go on and you can you can you can chat to us from there if you have comments and thoughts on any of the stuff we've said in this you can email us mail at nothing but uk, or you can head to the youtube channel youtube.com slash nothing but static uk in order to uh comment on the video that is relevant to the thought you have so you can go to the starship troopers episode of rewind reviews on youtube and stick a comment down there and we will see it don't always reply in fact very rarely reply these days but we we, you know i i just couldn't keep up with it but um Please do, we we really enjoy hearing it And you commenting and liking and subscribing helps support the show If you're on a podcast platform of choice You can also support us by liking and subscribing And reviewing in all the ways that they offer you You can also just keep listening, that helps um, Or tell a friend, that helps too um, Or if you're not enjoying this at all Weird, because it's like three hours long I don't know why you're still listening But uh, please please feel free to uh, exit That's fine, just switch it off Just just just, just delete it it's no Yeah, that's fine um, Not all things are for all people yeah, hope that you. fine you know, we, appre- we appreciate you giving us a chance.
1: Yeah, thanks for giving it a shot, and uh, yeah, hope you hope you find something more to your taste.
0: Yeah, I recommend Nando V Movies podcast. Mostly nitpicking, it's very good. Hmm. Sort of a similar vibe. They review a movie, pull it apart a bit. It's a bit more like focused on the details, whereas we talk big picture usually. But it's a, it's a good podcast. They say some interesting things. Yeah, um, for sure and they do a mixture of new and old movies as well so you, you, they, they might review the latest and greatest movies or they might also review the, the, some, some older ones, so there you go um, go, go check that out, You'll, you might enjoy that anyway, that's everything for this week, thank you so much for listening I'm going to pass you over to Chris who ends this podcast there we go, my name's Chris Billingham my name's Dan Dewey and this review has
1: been well. Really